This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking The Flash. Aaron, did you even see me? I was moving so quick. Missed you. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, as always, this is Abe. Hello, Aaron, how are you? I'm doing well. It's been a it's been a nice Father's Day. Went out on a hike this morning with my dad, and then we got oh, some lunch. Go. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Classic, uh, classic Father Day Father's Day move. I'm sure that you guys played frisbee uh, at some point too. The hike was enough. We did a very <laughs> hilly hike. <laughs> hilly hike, like yeah. the alliteration. Got to work out. Well, it is cold up here. Uh, actually, it was a nice day, but it's getting cooler now. So, uh, classic Bay weather for you. But yeah, uh, happy Father's Day to everybody listening. Good, good, good. Um, and joining it, or no, I, I'm oh. jumping ahead. I've been talking about what this podcast is because you don't have any idea. But Out Now is a film podcast. We're aiming to discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via Moses Prayer for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 538. 538. Hey, that's a good day to be a Flash. Yes. And this week we are talking about the DC's The Flash. Finally. And uh, joining us to discuss The Flash we have from sites including Slash Film, The AV Club, and Superhero Hype, ready for the spaghetti, it's Luke Thompson. Hell yeah. Bring on the marinara. <laughs> also joining us, just don't forget that sauce, also joining us uh, from the heart of South Carolina, one sandwich trip away from Central City, Italian Aguilera. Howdy, y'all. I, hey, Alan. That's more of a Texas accent. How are you guys doing? Right. It's close enough. I wouldn't have known. Really? I would, I would have, I would have, definitely. Doing well, Alan. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I had a beautiful day here in uh, sunny uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a good day. There you go, North Carolina, Aaron. Woo! I wanted to see if he'd catch me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm used to a lot of my people um, that know I live over here, but they don't know what state, so it's fine. Most of my family don't know which North Carolina, which Carolina <laughs> I live in, so it's good. Well. Glad to have you both here, Luke. Glad to have you yeah. back as well. Um, we have some stuff to get into as far as this movie goes, but we have other stuff to get into first um, as far as show notes. So uh, first things first, uh, commentary track. Um, we recorded a track for The Mask of Zorro for this June, celebrating its 25th anniversary in a couple of weeks here. And we did that because it's a part of our superhero summer theme of commentary tracks. Where we're talking about one superhero a month uh, for every commentary we do throughout the summer. And uh, yeah, Mask of Zora, that was a lot of fun to do. It's available on iTunes now, where you can, of course, find all the episodes of our show out now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can search for us over there. You can give us an old rating interview as well, which would be great. Thank you so much in advance, everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's see. You know what, Abe? Yes? I'll point something out. I've been quite busy in the podcast world, it seems, lately. I know. A, I've been yeah. a guest on a few things here, so I'll just throw those out there. I was on the Lambcast. Um, Friend of the show? Hosted by, uh, formerly hosted by Jay Fluid. It's now hosted by Richard uh, 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 Kirkman. Uh, but, Kirkman. But um, uh, Jay, Jay appears very occasionally as well on that show still. But yeah, we talked about the Fantastic. film Mikey. And, we talked about the film Mikey and Nikki, um, the um, Elaine May film, okay. uh, which is a very good movie. And I was happy to talk about that on that on that podcast over there. Uh, we all. I was also on the Battleship Retention uh, show with a friend of the show, David Bax, mm-hmm. a few weeks back. We talked about the uh, the Palme d'Or winners from throughout the decades. Wow! At the uh, at the, at the James Conn Film Festival, of course. Um, <laughs> so uh, a, lot, a lot of 
a lot, a lot of fun on that show as well. So just throwing those out there as far as like things that uh, other other things that I've been uh, jumping on apparently. And also go listen to them. Yeah, they're they're very fun. For support, sure. support our buddies. Yeah. Um, let's get to the big thing though. The, the summer, the uh, summer movie gamble. The what big thing? Yeah, he I was like, coy. wait a minute, is there something else? The big, you're playing a little coy here. I see the <laughs> summer movie gamble, where Alan, you're a part of this. We all have predicted what we think are going to be the top ten highest grossing films of the summer, and uh, every week throughout the summer, there are certainly you know blockbuster contenders uh, that will factor into the final results for the domestic box office, and of course, uh, two uh, potentials open this week with the Flash and Elemental, and I'll note right now the Flash. The, the, certainly the trades like to use these headlines, but underperformed is the big word with the Flash right now. If I opening a 55 million, which is below projections mm-hmm. um, as far as its, pod, its, its potential opening goes. Um, so yeah, 55 million for the Flash. Elemental, I believe, is like the lowest for Pixar since Toy Story, if I'm not mistaken, with 29 million, oh. uh, which is uh, not shaping up the best as far as... Uh, high box office profits go and um oh, more on that later yeah we got we can talk about more of that later in another episode um meanwhile spider-man across the spider-verse good gravy it is uh making a lot of money it's uh, oh. dropped very little in it's uh uh third week mm-hmm. uh made 20 another 27 million it's at 280 um total domestic so far um yeah it's it's doing quite well transformers yeah. made another 20 putting it at 100 even Hey, great. Um, which is good for Transformers, I suppose. Um, it's, a, it's doing better than I think some of us might have predicted. So, uh, Little Mermaid added another $11 million. It's at $253 million, uh, domestic. That's a lot of money. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy still in there as well. Five Another $5 million. It's at $344 million. Okay. Um, All right. So, well, so, well, Spider-Man will probably catch up. At, I will, I'm at getting the, nervous. At the, at the rate it's going. Yeah. Um, but Guardians certainly the uh, still the, the top contender to see who can top it. As far as box office is concerned, uh, Fast X um, is at 142. It had another 1 million, 1.6 million this weekend. Uh-huh. Then he's uh, the one to go watch it by himself. Yeah. For $1 million. million bucks. Yeah. Or people are just seeing it in a lower amount. <laughs> but it's uh, it's making some change. They need um, to tighten their seatbelts. <laughs> and um yeah i think that's it for the the various uh contenders at the old summer box office here but yeah the, we'll, we'll see where the flash goes in, in week two as far as how strong that word of mouth is that said we'll get to it but b cinema score for flash not the highest when it comes not, to cinema scores the for these kind of movies but uh, we'll talk about yeah. things um yeah so with all that said that's uh that's some, some show notes let's move on let's uh let's get to the show here let's get to some out now cookies trademark each week yeah. with the cookies trademark I appreciate you coming in, Alan. That's my job. <laughs> Don't wear it out. Well, Alan, let's start with you this week. What have you seen recently? I have been um, kind of traveling lately, and uh, I've been really busy at work, so I haven't really seen much other than the the movie that we're going to talk about today. Uh, I haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I recently saw Dungeons & Dragons on the plane, hey. and that was um, lovely. I really liked it. There you go. Excellent. Like, it, it was just, it was fun. Yeah. Did you like the cameo? I did. I didn't even know, like, I think because I wasn't in the conversation on Twitter or anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just didn't know too much about it. I didn't know it was a good time. So when the cameo showed up, I'm like, oh, that's delightful. <laughs> yes. It was just a, it was a fun movie. I was like, you know, this is a great, great, great plane movie. And then um, I ended up starting to watch uh, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I turned it off because yeah, the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Film. It is. It's really bad. They they oh. certainly put actors in front of the camera. Did they? Because <laughs> it was. I find the live feeds from Big Brother more riveting than uh, that big budget nothing movie. So I turned it off halfway through. Like I couldn't finish it. Um, and then my experience was very similar. I began it and then turned it off. I believe I was watching it going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I and believe then... that's a line in the movie from Michael Fassbender, by the way. Yeah, at the like, end, basically, like no, that towards, was towards the, end of the beginning, where he's yeah. like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, he actually says this. <laughs> is this? Um, because I play the games every now and then. I, I watched. I was like, "Wow, I should have not." Wa- I bought it for like eight dollars on four K. I was like, "Oh, that'll be fun." You I went bought to it. Space. You bought it. Yeah, of course I did. Uh, <laughs> I, well, the stu- the movie studios, thank you for your service. So Fox. here's the thing. Here's the thing, is that um, my girlfriend and I just recently went to Spain a few weeks ago. Ooh, ago. So, and I know that they filmed some scenes in some of the cities we were in. So I was like, this is going to be great. But I was so bored that I turned it off before it got to that point. I was like, <laughs> I don't care. Alan, I don't I think do. you understand this movie. It's taking the thing that the gamers like most about the Assassin's Creed games, the sci-fi element that takes place in and around the actual acrobatics and the cool stuff, <laughs> and makes that the majority of the movie. What do you yeah. not like about that? <laughs> That's uh, You know what? It's my fault. I, I'm the problem. It's me. Oh, the movie, so, you know, the movie I... studios, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I just finished Succession. I finished Succession. You know, hey. I'm just... I, I listen. I don't have kids, but I have the watching. I have like the TV and movie schedule of a da- of a full time parent because I just don't. I I would love to watch a movie as much as possible. I just can't. Mm-hmm. But I think next week I'm gonna try to go see as much as I can. I think I have. I think I'm gonna try to catch Spider Verse in the theater as soon as possible. I'm gonna try to catch Asteroid City and um. There's something else I was gonna go see, but oh, Transformers. I was gonna try oh, to catch okay. all those this week because. I want oh. to go to the movies again. Well, but, when, you yeah, see no, Trans- no, uh, when you see Transformers, make sure to like feel, like record your reaction space about like five minutes at a time. We'll insert it back into the podcast that you missed out on a couple a week ago. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't think anybody's going to be in the theater, so I'll just bring the whole setup I have here with me. There you, there you go. go. You can do some yeah. live editing. That'll be that where we're going. I'm like, are you Nobody's said that before. Record. Like, you know, I'll do a live in commentary the in the theater for exactly. the Exactly. Yeah, you could be a pioneer in that. Yeah. I got this, fam. We got this. Let's do it. Well, lots of people do live commentaries in movie theaters. They just don't record them. This is true. Yeah. It's because it's it's too much gold to give away for free. It's like if you're in the oh, theater, good. Yeah. Otherwise, you're missing out. <laughs> listen, I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna give this away for free. Hey. Come on. I at least gotta do it for my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thank you in advance. <laughs> you're welcome. Don't worry about it. All right. Don't Luke, worry. Anyway, about yes. It. Uh, you what about you? What about everybody else? <laughs> Luke, what have you seen recently? <laughs> Well, I'm sure you probably want to save Indiana Jones conversation for another episode. But uh, suffice to say, when you do get to it, Aaron, I think I got oh. your back on this one because um, I've seen, you know, Facebook reactions. Um, but like I said, probably you have another episode. Yeah, we don't. We don't need that. to worry about so, what I thought about it. That's not a thing. So, so uh, I'll I'll talk about uh, Nimona, which oh. is coming out on Netflix next week, which is. There's quite a story behind this one because it was a Blue Sky animation and, you know, Disney bought Fox and they shuttered Blue Sky. And so this movie was kind of without a home. And a lot of people were very upset because it was going to have been a major studio animated film featuring LGBT characters in pretty much all the major roles. And now Netflix has rescued it. And uh, it's quite fun. Uh, it's Andy Stevenson, who did the Netflix She-Ra cartoon, did a, it's based on a comic by him before he transitioned, but full of allegories mm-hmm. to it. 
Uh, it was sort of a last minute assignment in class at art school. So they've changed around the story a lot. It's more of a conventional fairy tale. So as to subvert the tropes a little bit. And it's Chloe Moretz giving like all the energy of hit girl, but in a vocal performance as this shape-shifting punk rock girl. Who, well, sometimes a girl, you know, she's, she contains multitudes mm -hmm. and, uh, or they contains multitudes. I'm not sure if Nimona's pronouns are stable <laughs> because of the shape-shifting nature of mm -hmm. Nimona, but uh, it's quite a lot of fun. And visually, uh, the animation doesn't always look quite finished to me. It's a sort of 2D cell shading over 3D models. It looks a bit like an attempt to bring the secret of Kells into look into sort of a two and a half mm. D. Uh, it's not perfect, but as I said in my review, it's kind of punk rock, and punk rock isn't really supposed to be perfect, so it sort of works. And there's kind of a punk rockish soundtrack that's not the obvious needle drops, which so it's really it's really energetic and fun. And I hope uh, you know I hope a lot of people see it who you know it might get some messages across too, as well as people who just want to see something fun with LGBT characters, you know. Right. All right. Um, so that's that's been really fun. There's another movie that I've seen that I can't. I'm still under embargo on. I don't know when this is coming out, so I won't talk about that one. But uh, yeah, Indiana Jones, I liked. Hey, what have you been up to? You know, Aaron. Uh, a few weeks ago, you talked about White Man Can't Jump, the remake on Hulu. I told I told uh, you how terrible and a waste of a time it would be to watch. Yes, I did say and that. I was, I and I was things. like, you know, I like the original. I want to go check out the new one. I don't know. I, I don't know I, how I like the original leads to I should see a different uh, version of that. I just <laughs> wanted to see if they could capture anything. Uh, needless to say, I uh, could not get through the first five minutes, and I turned it off. This movie is a waste of time. It like, Assassin's Creed you? I, I, I guess, but I yeah. started watching, and I was like, this is this is telling me nothing like they're trying to set up Jack Harlow and they're trying to give a bunch of backstory about like, you know, this guy who used to be, who could have gotten pro or what have you. And and then it's just like, it keeps going and you're just like, I don't give a shit about any of these people. And I was just really, really bored. And I thought to myself, I don't know why they would remake this. Uh, this doesn't make any sense at all. And I, I, it, it's, it's probably worse than the, the, um, uh, the house party remake, uh, which at least was like, hey, same director. Least, uh, I'm sorry, same director. Same I had director. no idea. Now I'm just like, now I'm gonna take back my words. Like maybe they're just both bad. They are, but uh, not not a great movie. And then I also was on an airplane like Alan. We didn't we weren't going to Spain together. Although oh, someday terrible. Alan invite me, and I'd love to have tapas with you over in uh, España. Um, but I was uh, casually watching this person across the aisle for me watching The Fablemans on a, a seven-inch <laughs> screen and uh, it, with motion smoothing on. And I was like, this is exactly how Steven Spielberg wanted you to watch this movie. And so I was like, hey, man, I'm glad that you watched it. But, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, nuance in this movie that you was he probably watching watch it on, on, the, on the plane or like yeah, on a this, device? First, I was watching it on the on the plane, like in the headrest kind of well, thing. It's not like he had like a choice as far as moving motion smoothing goes. <laughs> I agree, but also, can you guys turn that off, United? That'd be great. So, um, <laughs> I, I feel bad for that person who watched uh, Fablemans uh, in uh, high frame rate, but it is what it is. But um, nothing else. I, I I got a copy of Tears of the Kingdom from uh, uh, Nintendo. Uh, not Nintendo sent one me sent one to me. I just picked it up, and uh, so far so good. You so have a Switch? No, this, I borrowed it from my friend who has kids who can never. Do play you own things? 
I do not own things. <laughs> this is a trade and I watched system. the Fablemans over the shoulder of some guy. I got a copy of a thing from Nintendo. Not really, though, and I'm using it on some of my friends' Switch. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so far, so good. I got to return and... these pants after the podcast. Hey, hey, hey let, I do have to re- return my pants. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, that concludes uh, Out Out There in the Names at Video Game Corner. <laughs> Uh, if we if we want to open up video game corner real quick again, I yes. I, th- I finished Star Wars Jedi: Colon Survivor. Is that the newest one? Yes. Okay. The, I, I, Gabe, I only play the newest. Oh, I played Super Star Wars. Apologies. <laughs> but uh, I re- I rolled credits on that one, which I, I quite enjoyed. Rolled credits. I'm sorry if you're not hip to the gamer speak over here, but, uh, no, but um, yeah, yeah, I rolled credits on that one. Now I picked up God of War again, which I okay. sorry, God of War Ragnarok. Um, but as far as movies are concerned, uh, let's see. So I watched Extraction Two. Oh, okay. Extract harder. Um, can I can I also make a quick comment? Yeah, I share freely share network Netflix passwords with somebody and um. Netflix says, Bill, I'm down on me. They haven't? <laughs> they have. And oh, they now have. that's why I was like, oh, I, I guess I could have watched Extraction too, but you Netflix chose White Man jerk. Can't Jump instead. <laughs> anyway, the log- sorry. The logical choice. <laughs> <laughs> on Hulu. I have, some, I have Hulu. Okay. I, uh, Is Hulu the only thing you own? <laughs> yes. And actually, that's a little subscription based, so I don't even own it. I mean, I'll give you credit. You watched Rye Lane. So, I mean, I'm happy for that. So. <laughs> I will say extraction and colon survivor sound like a good double feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the jokes. Extraction 2, uh, yes. the sequel to Extraction, a movie we talked about a couple years back, mm-hmm. uh, a movie that I was not big on uh, compared to... I was bigger on it. You were bigger on it. I believe our guest, yeah. Mike, was uh, big on it as well. Um, I, it just didn't do much for me. Um, this one, it is better. I give it credit there. It is a better movie overall. I would say it's a movie I'd I'd, I'd recommend. Uh, I still think the 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 lack of anything beyond he's just going to go on a mission like that kind of holds it back from just being anything more than what it is as far as an action movie goes. But at the same time, it's like well, it's a B action movie. I, it's, there's just something about like the sheen of the Russo's productions that like get to me as far as how much c- could be cut, how much they could offer. And they seem to refuse to in favor of something much simpler and whatever. I mm-hmm. and I, I, I just think like Hemsworth is just not compelling to me as super stoic, you know, masculine muscle guy. I I like it what he has a sort of sense of humor to him. And like as Tyler Rake, a name that lends itself to so many jokes, uh, it just I don't know. It's just not it's not giving me much. Um, that said, it's got a lot of action in it and even more extracting. There's multiple extractions. Even so, I more mean, extracting. There's a lot of extracting. There's like yeah, yeah, no, I, like I just like the way you worked that that title in. Yeah, I, they 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 worked it in. I'm just saying <laughs> what they did. <laughs> they put a lot of extracting in there. Trying to give you some credit here. I'll I'll be as clever as I need to. <laughs> but um, I mean, the movie it's fine. Like it has, like the first one had a big like ten minute one shot sequence. This one has a twenty one minute one shot sequence, which obviously has cuts all over the place. But I mean, it's the 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 requirements for this kind of thing it's like yeah like it's doing a job i suppose it's nothing that's really blowing me away even with these elaborate one take sequences they kind of cook up i i do think the one element that i really liked in the first one is that it had like a rival assassin that was out there like that was the good character i was like root i was like interested in 
-hmm. this movie doesn't have that at all so it's just chris hemsworth and his team versus like you know evil guys or whatever it's not another like hey let's you know put the yellow filter on a country and just say they're they're, you know all these are bad guys instead it's a little more (laughs) diplomatic i suppose Mm -hmm. but uh yeah overall it's like yeah okay another one of these there's a certain character in there I don't know why I'm hiding it. The, everybody's ruined it already. Idris Elba's like pops up in here. Uh, he's the guy that like gives the mission in this one. And his energy is so good in this movie where I'm like, give me all of this. Give me more of these two interacting the way they are. And I can only hope that Extraction 3 does just that. So we'll see what happens. But They announced 3 like this week, right? Yeah, the the, the Netflix ta-dum thing um, that like has all these new announcements from Netflix. That, that was a big part of it as well. Yes, Extraction 3 is in production among other things um let's see what else i watched a movie called maggie moore's mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of this movie sounds familiar it's about but... mandy moore it's not it's about maggie <laughs> it's about two maggie moore's it stars john ham and tina fey it's directed by john slattery um it is a murder mystery with kind of tinges of humor in it john ham plays a cop tina fey is a just a resident of a small town uh, there is a murder that takes place and then there's another murder that takes place and both these people have the same name and it's a matter of figuring out for it's a matter of the of John Hamm's character along with others figuring out why this happened and what's going on it very much wants to be a Cohen type thing as far as okay. the level of kind of quirkiness along with darker comedy and violence that kind of intrudes on the the nature of these characters um, but I liked it I think it's uh, solid it is a Saw the little movie that just kind of came out of nowhere. And um, where'd you watch it? It was, it's, I believe it's streaming now. Um, I had a screen link for it. I believe it's like a VOD okay. digital rental. I don't know if it had like a very small theatrical release, but yeah, it's certainly, it's available to rent. Um, but it's a solid, solid time as far as giving John Hamm like a, a sturdy leading role and him and Tina Fey have good chemistry. And there's a interesting enough supporting cast as far as movies like this go. Who's in it? Who's, who's the other guy? There's one guy. Um, who's not normally doing this kind of a thing. Let me look it up because that's going to bug me. Oh, it's the guy that it's the, it's the guy from Ted Lasso that everyone hates now. Um, what's his face? Um, Nick Bob or uh, the, the manager guy. Yeah. The, okay, the, yeah. the wonderkind. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he, he shows up and he's like, he's, he's the, another cop. He's John Hill's yeah. like partner of the movie. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting like choice in here. British accent. Uh, yes. That's the thing. He's like, he's playing just, a guy he would play and it's like, and, but they're in like middle america so it's like all right <laughs> that's just how we, it's the last stand it's you know yes an austrian man is the, the sheriff of a small town in arizona it just makes sense no I have fun that movie uh it's a good movie yeah. <laughs> um so yeah uh that's maggie Morris. one more thing i'll mention uh okay. plutonic this is a series on apple uh it stars seth rogan and rose byrne it has nicholas stoller directing and producing a lot of episodes all of them were neighbors of course they're all where they're mm-hmm. all made neighbors together um it like this is the best kind of thing as far as why make a sequel to things when you can just like get the same crew together and let them do something else mm-hmm. um and that's exactly what this is it's a i think like an eight or ten episode series half hour mostly show it's about two friends played by seth rogan and rose Byrne, who are entirely friends there's no romantic connection between them whatsoever rose burns like a married woman with kids seth rogan just got out of a divorce he owns a bar in la and they they like the, these two characters they stopped being friends for a while and they've just kind of rekindled that friendship and the the crux of the series is that they spend a lot of time together 
which doesn't necessarily cause problems, but certainly is like notable <laughs> to the people around them. Um, but it's very funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's obviously playing off of the fact that Seth Rogen and Rosebird just really like working with each other and neighbors. And they're like, let's just do more of this. And it's just a really funny character comedy. Right. That's what Apple. I remember my dad and I are watching it occasionally at dinner. And it's like, yeah, it was good. It was enjoyable. Nice. All right. Fun to hear. That's uh, that's enough cookies. Good much. Let's move on now. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to some trailer talk. I'm still here, guys. I know. Oh, I know. You never left. Yeah, I'm right. Um, trailer talk. Talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week. When they're coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. This we're gonna do a bit of a showdown. Um, as Alan, you kind of alluded to, Netflix had their their big uh, like announcement fest thing uh, this past uh, this past weekend, where they put a lot of announcements about various things, including I believe Linda Hamilton's joining Stranger Things for its last season, and mm-hmm. there's multiple new seasons coming for various shows that are popular. I think Fubar, Fubar got a second season. Oh, hey. show, which yeah. actually, did you guys have you guys watched Fubar? No, but I, I'm a fan of uh, Fortune Feimster. Alan, did you? Good? I haven't. No, Luke, did you see it? Uh, every review I've read, including from people I trust, say that it's terrible. So I've <laughs> kind of avoided it as much as I would like to see Arnold do some good action again. I, I'll say this. It is entirely watchable as a I'm doing stuff before I go to sleep and this show is on in the background. That's my kind of series sometimes and that that's doing the job for me. <laughs> so, okay. Right. Yeah. Like if there's if they make more of this, I'm like, I don't mind seeing Arnold on my television for an hour every now and then. <laughs> that's fine. It's not special, but it's not. It's, I don't think it's terrible by any means. But regardless, I got a second dude. This doesn't matter. We're in trailer talk. We got some new trailers. Um, I'm gonna go through three of the three of them here, and I'm gonna read the. I assume very brief. But yes, thankfully, they're all three very brief synopses. Uh, the first is they clone Tyrone, which has what my, might be my favorite tagline of this year so far. Damn, they clone Tyrone. <laughs> um, the premise here: a series of events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. It stars John Boyega, Tayona Paris, and Jamie Foxx. Um, the next film we have is Heart of Stone, a spy action thriller. Uh, the premise here is international intelligent agent Rachel Stone. <laughs> Didn't know her name was Stone until just now, which makes it very funny to me. Um, <laughs> it's in the name. Uh, I wish her name was Hartford Stone. Um, <laughs> It's play- she's played by Gal Gadot. She must embark on a dangerous mission to protect mis- the mysterious MacGuffin known as the Heart. I'm reading this for the first time. This is hilarious. MacGuffin? So- <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you added that in this commentary. No, but... it's, 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 it's a mysterious MacGuffin. So it's called Heart of Stone because there's something known as the Heart, and, and, it's, and it's, it's being sought after by a person named Stone. Stone is tasked by a peacekeeping operation known as Charter to keep the object safe from falling into enemy hands. That's that one. And I'll note that that's directed by Tom Harper, whose filmography is wildly interesting to me because he's directed whatever he 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 directed um, the Woman in Black, Angel of Death, Wild Rose, the Aeronauts in this movie. That is all over the place, guys. <laughs> that is a lot. Gotta get, you gotta pay those bills, man. The last film, you gotta make that money exactly. The last film is Bird Box, <laughs> Bird Box Barcelona. Uh, so I assume Alan, you're an extra in this. Uh, the film is a spinoff of the 2018 post-apocalyptic horror film Bird Box, starred Sandra Bullock, but not a direct sequel. Why that's in the synopsis, I don't know, but okay, thanks. The film follows a father and daughter and those who join up with to try and survive a dystopian future in which no one survives looking at entities that have invaded the the Rome, that have invaded in Rome the Earth. Okay, so these are the three movies that are coming to Netflix within during this summer. 
I, I'm gonna at Luke. I'm gonna ask you first of the three of these. Which one intrigues you the most? Which one do you you actually want to sit down and watch? The clone Tyrone is the easy winner of these for me because it it looks like a Jordan Peele movie crossed with a Key and Peele sketch. Like halfway between the two, it's got the social commentary that's rooted in you know racial disparities and injustices in the past, plus a lot of broad comedy. Uh, it and it looks very original. I've n- I don't think I've ever really seen a sci-fi black exploitation movie before, so um, it's the easy winner. It looks very different. The other two look very similar to things I've already seen. Okay, Alan. Hands down. So I watched all three of these with Sarah, my girlfriend, uh, and she um, she didn't give a shit about the other two, and we like Bird Box, but she's like, why another one of those? But she saw um, the Clone Tyrone, and she was intrigued and. I think that one's going to be the hit. That one looks funny. That one probably has the most promise. It has the most, and it has the highest ceiling. I think because it looks fun, and I think it's a lower bar with these Netflix movies. I think it can deliver. I'm excited for it. It has a good cast too, so I think that's that's the winner out of the three. Also, I don't want to read. I don't want to do <laughs> subtitles. Ugh. Listen to stupid Spanish. It's Barcelona birth box. I don't want to do that for a movie. That's crazy. <laughs> Spanish guys, I can't say that. Abe, how about you? Three for three. Uh, they clone Tyrone is the one that looks the most fun and interesting and least self serious. Like the other two, just seem like they're just like, oh, we're 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 doing some serious like international espionage type stuff. And uh, except for I guess Bird Box is more about monsters and stuff. But man, they clone Tyrone. I was like, I love this cast. I love seeing John Boyega. Like doing things that he wants to do, and you know, seeing Jamie Fox, uh, kind of just picking up Netflix checks. The last one that we saw was was him with like the Vampire Day, Day Shift, Day Shift, yeah. So I agree with Alan's. Like, it seems like you know, if you're gonna be doing these self serious movies, give me the ones that are that are not very serious, because that seems like it's more of a an entertaining uh movie in the Netflix catalog. So they should retitle that Bird Box movie. They cloned Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll admit, I just kind of threw these other two out here just to get them off my list of trailers that we can talk about. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so obvious that they call Tyrone just seems very intriguing to me. And obviously, Abe and I, we've talked about Netflix movies at various lengths and um, mm-hmm. have thoughts on some of them as far as what they really seem to be offering. But, you know, there are gems that kind of stem out there and like something like The Heart of They Fall, which I absolutely adore and think is one of the best Netflix originals. It's like, yeah, give me more something like that. And that's what this is giving me the vibe of. Um, it's just as far as something that's, you know, has black voices behind it, feels original in its own way and has, you know, legit stars taken on the screen. Like, I mm-hmm. I like what what I'm seeing here as far as, yes, like you said, Luke's uh, kind of, you know, black flotation mixed with sci-fi. I want to see where that goes. I like that it has a very distinct style that's clear from the trailer alone. Yeah, that's a uh, give me plenty of that, unless you know, generic spy thriller or a spin off of Bird Box, a movie that already tested my patience the one viewing um, that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they clone Tyrone is directed by uh, Jewel Taylor. Um, that's arriving on Netflix on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on July 21st. Heart of Stone uh, that arrives this August. And Bird Box Barcelona arrives also on July 14th. So good Spanish accent you got there. What Spanish accent? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's our, that's our trailer talk. 
Okay. Well, with that with that out of the way, let's move on, guys. Let's get to our let's get to our main review for the Flash. If you were to go into the past, you have no idea what the consequences can be. Bruce, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. This can't be happening. I completely broke the universe. Sorry. We've been waiting for you. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. Want some help? Oh. You're... You are... Yeah. I'm Batman. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for The Flash. While I'm sure various forms of this movie have been in development for a while, it was 2014 when Ezra Miller was cast as Barry Allen. This was the same year in which the CW's Flash TV series began, and it just ended its nine-season run this year in 2023. After going through a range of directors, including Seth Graham Smith, Rick Famuyiwa, John Francis Daly, and Jonathan Goldstein, and even a rumored Robert Zemeckis at one point, Andy Muschietti of It Chapters 1 and 2 came in to direct this film based on a screenplay by Christina Hudson. Of course... Would that it were so simple, various shifts caused by you the pandemic <laughs> affected the release date, and while seemingly a smooth filming period took place, the life of Ezra Miller became far more complicated, to say the least. I say all this to provide a little context, as we now mm -hmm. have the film, which serves seemingly as one last big hurrah for the DC universe established by the Snyder movies before whatever takes place next, keeping in mind the less connected Blue Beetle and Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, of course. Featuring a time travel story, the return of Zod, Michael Keaton's Batman, Sasha Kelly's Supergirl, and a host of other surprises, Luke was the Flash as good as that time he entered the Speed Force, which was, of course, the Oscars fan-voted greatest moment in cinematic history. Well, I don't know if it could possibly measure up to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, yeah, I'll say it's, it's, it's twice that because it had twice the Ezra Miller flashes. Yeah. And... Uh, Ezra Miller is both leads and is both the two main leads in this movie and does such an effective job that it really kind of tricks your brain. You can sort of nitpick the other special effects, but my brain just thought, yeah, of course there were two Ezra Millers on the set. It, it's seamless, that part of it anyway. Some of the other stuff's a little shaky, but um, it's, it's a shame in many ways that all of Ezra Miller's baggage happened it's a shame for anyone harmed by it first of all but uh this could have been a real breakthrough this could have been even one that i think could have generated awards talk it won't now and uh it gives the movie a lot of baggage when i think this movie does a really good job of trying to be a crowd pleaser and you know pleasing all kinds of groups for me as a Snyder fan but not an insane Snyder fan it pleases me for me as a Tim Burton's Batman fan it pleases me as a general DC fan it pleases me as a piece of closure I'm not happy with all the CG but I'll accept it's stylized so I had a really pretty good time with this and my wife who is not a fan of DC movies thought that it was great and she is not up on any of the drama really or any of the continuity in particular she thought it was really good um, so yeah, I, and I see why they couldn't recast Ezra in this because they are both phenomenal and playing a dual role, well, almost a triple role in if you count one particular development. But 
yeah, the movie doesn't work without Ezra. Um, I don't think Ezra's going to be back, but I am quite happy with this. I was hoping for a movie that would sort of give closure to the current universe. I think this does. So it pretty much worked for me. It obviously isn't for everyone else, though. Well, we'll talk about that. But um, Alan, I want to hear where where I don't know. I don't think I know you where you are with the, you know, the, the I guess with Zack Snyder's Justice League and the, you know leading into where we are here. Where would you where, where are you there? And what would you think of the of the Flash? I think Zack Snyder's an auteur, and they really dicked him over. And w- I don't care. I, I don't really have a <laughs> head me like going. A, yeah, I know. I was like, I think he's not. Yeah, um, no, I just I don't care. Um, I didn't really. Well, I didn't like the Joss Whedon Justice League. I think the Snyder Cut Justice League was a little bit better. I still hate that aspect ratio he had. I hated Batman versus Superman because I thought it was such a wet fart. Uh, Man of Steel was fine. Um, I really enjoyed the Flash. <laughs> I think that some of the CGI was bad, but you know, whatever. I see a lot of bad CGI in Marvel movies and I give that a pass. So why wouldn't I give it a pass in this? And I think that Ezra Miller um has a lot of issues he needs to work out, but he was delightful in this, and that made me feel bad. Because I enjoyed watching him as a flash because he was, you know, it worked. It worked. He was I I I enjoyed the movie. I think it was fun. Altogether kind of pointless. I think that Michael Keaton was kind of bored on set doing his thing, but I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fan service. I I think some of the criticisms getting online are very hypocritical because if Marvel did something like this, then it like I just I I think people need to get out of the bubble of what people on Twitter or Letterbox think about a movie and think about the general populace. Did you go to a movie that's a comic movie and did you see some wild stuff that you didn't? What's that? Comic book characters in a comic movie. Like seeing like comic characters in a comic movie, and then seeing alternate versions, and then getting a little bit of nostalgia kick. Like, guys, we're li- we're we're spoiled children when it comes to the like. This is fine, and this is fun. Now, whether or not people gave a crap about the Flash is another story. But you know, I paid my money. I went with a bunch of buddies. We had a nice little lunch date, and it was a great time. And I think it's fine. I do think there are some studio issues regarding the film but i think the film as a whole they got it out they managed to make it work it's kind of rather pointless now with the resetting everything and i think they should have maybe not told everybody that they're resetting everything until after this movie came out but i don't know i i enjoyed it i i, I think i liked it better than most of the other i don't know if i liked it better than all the other dc EU movies that came out like the batman's my favorite dc movie but i don't know how they're counting that in this the man i think one? that no, the 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 oh, Batman. The, um, the Batman. Uh, I don't Robert put Manson. I don't put it in the. If I'm ranking these, that doesn't factor in. As okay. far I, as I think the yeah, the Batman concerned. is art, cinema. I loved it, but like with all the other like DCEU fodder, I think it's like one of the best ones. Honestly, I think it's like this Man of Steel and like Aquaman. Oh, Wonder Woman's okay. I I'm not as big a fan of Wonder Woman as the other movies, but I guess other people love it. But I think it was fine. Like they're fine. They're enjoyable. But I think, you know, The Flash is better than Quantumania. There you go. So, you know, that's kind of how I'm comparing it. Like, I compare most things to Quantumania this day. <laughs> when we talk yeah. about Asteroid yeah, City next too. week, it's going to be a lot of Quantumania. It's going to be a lot of, yeah. It's going to just be like, you know, I think they did better CG in Quantumania. Jason uh, Oppenheimer. You know what? Oppenheimer is going to be better than Quantumania. 
Are we sure about that? I mean, well, again, we can judge every movie by Quantumania. <laughs> That's it. Barbie, well, not quite up to Quantumania. Not enough ants. Not enough ants. Not enough exposition dumping in Barbie. You're going to be so embarrassed when there's a scene of them going on a picnic and they're like, oh my God, Ken, there's all these ants on me. I will. They look directly into the camera, down the barrel of the lens, and they're just like, see, Alan, we told you there would be ants. It's a real last action. And if that happens, I will shit in your yard. (laughs) It's a weird um, comeuppance, but okay. Yeah. Like, you were right, buddy. Here you go. Abe, I'm so curious. (laughs) What, What did you think of The Flash? Uh, I didn't like the Flash that much, um, and this is not from the standpoint of uh, the storytelling or what have you. I think the, it's just I came out of Spider Verse and I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" And then you get to the Flash, and you're just like, "It's it's, a, it's fine." Like I think "fine" is the right word. I, I the I actually really enjoyed the second act of this movie more so than maybe the the um, first and third. Uh, and that's actually when Ezra Miller is kind of just doubling up and kind of doing his thing, and there's like a, a tinge of of a uh, Back to the Future self awareness uh, level of of humor uh, to the script. Um, I think that there's other elements of this movie that are much more interesting, including Supergirl and maybe even Batman. Like, is Michael Keaton bored on set? Perhaps, but uh, I I still enjoyed uh, when he was on screen, kind of doing Batman stuff. Like overall, it's a movie that is in such a weird spot because of what you guys all talked about with what's going on with DC, how they're rebooting things. And even just recently, I think I was reading an article where there was three proposed endings to this movie. And they kind of just went with one that I think James Gunn kind of gave a a green light to, but um, if this is the end of an era for a, an established uh, previous DC run, um, it, it is a nice fitting send off because there are elements that are fun in this movie, but I think overall there's just the storytelling is, it just doesn't really know where to go because of everything that is happening external to it, including with uh, what's happening with Ezra Miller, but also again with like the DC universe. And so it's just, it's unfortunate because uh, I think that there was a lot of fun stuff that John Francis Daly and his writing partner uh, were doing here, but it's also just, um, sort of all for not so on the whole like it's fine but i i didn't think it was very cohesive of a movie i wonder if the ending would have been different if they hadn't junked batgirl since <laughs> you had jun- both. that would have been interesting if they had kept batgirl and but you know apparently it's all been destroyed so who knows it's been destroyed but it's just not on the table anymore uh, we'll, see, we'll see what everything ever happens to that yeah but um i um i enjoyed this movie i I think ultimately it provides a lot of fun that I want to have from a movie about the flash, which is the kind of stakes that I give it. I do think when it gets wrapped up in kind of the emotional through line, it's going for based on both just being familiar as far as this kind of story and just choices being made, whether they're narrative based screenplay stuff or just rooted in character things. I was less in, I was less into how we got to certain places um but i think on the whole at its best yes which is largely when the double berry stuff is happening there's a lot of fun to be had here i do think the you know the essentially the gimmick of having michael keaton back as batman i think that serves its purpose as well as it needs to although again i do think when you're trying to add on additional stakes in a dramatic sense 
I don't think it's nearly as effective as the film wants you to think it is. And that's, I think, a shame because there's a version of this movie, I think, that doesn't necessarily need to be like pure fun, but like something like Back to the Future, which is obviously being riffed on in this film in numerous uh, occasions. That's a movie where there clearly are stakes and you believe in them um, and you want things to go a certain way because like, oh, no, I don't want Marty to like, you know, get lost in time or whatever. And I feel like there's a version of this movie that could play more with that without having to add on the possible destruction of timelines or anything else that kind of feels like the the world's gravity is going to shift if Barry doesn't do a certain thing. That's not, you know, that that's what this movie is, though, however. And it's like when I look at it that way, yeah, the third act kind of suffers for me. That said, again, I do think the what Miller's doing here, I think, works for the film. I think his personal motivations are fine, at least for one of the Barrys. Um the production as a whole, like as for you know, as rocky as things were, I, I do think that there's for coming from Muschietti, who has not made a film I liked so far until this movie, because I was not a fan of either it movie and I didn't like Mama. Uh, I, I him being placed into a comic book world, I was enjoying what he was bringing to this, even if it's not something as visually distinct or directorial directorially focused in the same way that obviously Snyder's films are, let alone Burton or Raimi or any number of, you know, name comic book movie directors that really bring their own personality to it. But I do think the, you know, having to kind of scrap together something after all these other directors went in and out, there's all these other issues or what have you. I, I do think more or less the movie works for me based on what he's able to pull together, which I think is impressive in and of itself, given the kind of money you're playing with when it comes to these kind of movies and in terms of the attempt to make something that should be audience pleasing, which is a bit surprising. That's got like a B cinema score. Like I get it as far as if people didn't like it, they didn't like it, but it's like, yeah, this movie, I feel like it ends on a way when it comes to like cinema score things, I always think of like, like what, what are you leave? What are you leaving the theater with? And it's like, I don't know. I think it kind of throws you in on a high at the end there, uh, but whatever. It's like, you know, I wasn't being pulled. Um, overall, no, I think I think the movie's fun. Um, it's a little empty, but I think overall, it's it it does the job for me. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the opening of this movie, like the first act of this movie, because it gives us like essentially the one time we're really going to, or at least for now, we're going to see like what does the Justice League's day look like? <laughs> like what, what's what's going on there? And we, and we get this elaborate sequence involving Barry doing all kinds of Flash stuff, and there's you know some Batman in there and some other stuff going on. But I'm curious, like, did you like? Because I know there's been comments about like Affleck suit uh, and this or that or the other. I'm curious, like just seeing like a day in the life of the Flash. Did you guys enjoy that? Like that's this segment of the film. Yeah, a lot. Um, I I love I love that it was willing to go to a place where you have these babies falling out of a window and then right above them suddenly there's like deadly acid and scalpels <laughs> and a microwave. <laughs> it's yeah. like who allows anybody to do that in any movie? And then sort of later in the movie, there's another sequence where a car crashes keep piling up and finally like it's a, a truck full of musical instruments hits a truck full of fireworks and it's so <laughs> Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. And it works because it's centered on the Flash and if it were centered on Batman, it might not so much. But when you think about it, the Flash basically is Speedy Gonzalez. So the Looney Tunes <laughs> aspect is kind of is kind of cool. Um, and I Batman's suit initially bothered me because I got some of the early action figures and it looked like a terrible mishmash of like the organic cowl with a tech suit. But I do like that for the final cut of the movie, they colored it blue and gray and that kind of made it work for me. It's like, oh, cool. They got Batman in blue and gray. I like that. That was enough to tide me over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I 
did like his little action sequence. I thought the character he was pursuing could have had a, registered a bit more. He didn't at all. Um, but yeah, I like the team up. It's not as good a team up as we've seen in some of the X-Men movies. Even Dark Phoenix had some great X-Men working together, utilizing their powers, combining them. It was really good. This is more they're all doing their thing kind of separately. Mm-hmm. But the, like I say, the two sort of Looney Tunes-ish sequences involving the Flash, I thought were amazingly done and kind of bold. And if that was Machete, which it must have been, I think he's, you know, he pulled off some really cool stuff there. Alan, you like Babies uh, in Jeopardy. Did you like this scene? I wish they all died. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, uh, I just, I was like, as soon as I saw the building tip and like they saw the babies and like the nurse, the wet nurse can get out of the room, I was like, oh, here we go, fellas. <laughs> so I, I thought it was stupid. I loved it. I was about it. Like, I, I think I've just been having a different mentality with movies. Where I'm just like, it, it's fun. Who cares? Who yeah, cares? Yeah. Like people like love it when it happens in a fast movie, but not in this. Like it's a movie about a guy that runs fast. Give me, yeah, put a baby in the microwave. Get, have some, uh, have a bedpan stop some acid from hitting the baby in the face. That's cool. I'm down with it. Yeah, I thought it was a good time. Uh, I just thought it, I thought it was silly and like yeah, seeing Batman do his thing was cool. And then you get a little cameo right at the end for like thirty seconds. I mean, it was fine. I thought it was fun. I mean, you don't get to see that very often in Marvel movies with the Avengers and stuff. You don't see them team up. Like, you don't see pull that mic back a bit. It's like you got now. It's like really close. Pull it, pull it back a bit. Oh, what about now? That's better. There we go. Sweet. This is right here. Okay. So, like when um, like you don't see the Avengers do anything quite like that in the movies. You don't see Captain America and Iron Man just hang out in someone else's movie for a minute. It's a big event if they do that. But with this, right. I thought it was fun. I thought, I thought it was fine. I thought it was cool. I didn't mind it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Hey, were you on the... Yeah, I mean, the opening sequence is... is uh, Alan described it the best, which is like, this is a comic book movie, you know? And I, just when he was speaking there, it kind of reminded me of discussion that we've had on this show in the past of just differences that Marvel and DC are things that they're willing to do. Um, and it's... Is it ridiculous and, and you know nonsensical? Sure, um, but at the same time, like you're in a movie and it, it is what it is. Like I I think it's just um, the in large part like as the movie progresses, you kind of feel Aaron. You named like all these previous directors that were attached. Um, you kind of just feel the different hands kind of just coming in here and there. Um, and then Alan, you mentioned something earlier of you watched Dungeons and Dragons. That was also written by John Francis Daly and his yeah. writing partner. Jonathan and Goldstein. that's just yeah john jonathan goldstein yeah yeah jonathan goldstein and like that just feels like a much more cohesive like we made this story and we have all the jokes here and you know like that microwave joke as in quote-unquote poor taste as it is like that's feels like something that that they would have written or even like prior to that when he's asking for uh, a kid to throw him a candy bar and just hits him in the head and it double takes the the, the um title sequence like this is stuff that is like you should be getting a feeling for what they're going for here. Um, so yeah, the opening sequence is like it's totally fine. I think in large part, like I was just annoyed by that guy just taking a long time making a sandwich. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we all we okay. all were. <laughs> the the movies the against him. He's one of the main villains of the film. Serious <laughs> asshole. <laughs> 
would have been Bruce Campbell in a Spider-Man movie. And I've been, yeah, I would have welcomed, I would have, I would have welcomed him with open arms if it was. <laughs> he's like, he's the hero. He's the one holding this thing together. <laughs> I'd immediately turn around. <laughs> uh, we, we've talked about, you know, Miller a bit so far, but like, what, what did you guys think of their performance here? Like, what, I, Luke, you're, you're saying like there could have, you know, a possible awards contention here. Like, and now it seems like you certainly appreciated what they're bringing to the table. Like, did you, I guess, cause you, you have this persona of him be, when he's not flash where he's this kind of, you know, nervousy fellow um, for whatever reason. Um, and then obviously you have the kind of slacker version of him when he beats his younger self. Did you guys appreciate the, uh, the various forms of, of Alan and the way he's interacting with himself? Alan, start with you. Um, I wanted to punch the younger version a lot, but then I thought about like, what would happen if I met my 18 year old self? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, I think I think they did, I think uh, they did a good job. Um, I don't really care for them in other movies. Um, sometimes I don't think I've seen them in a good movie, except for um, you don't like their in a, in a while. Or... You don't like their boyish charm in the Fantastic Beasts films. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Um, <laughs> he was fine. Like he does bring a sense of levity to like the Justice League movies. Which is nice, but I think like let's talk about Kevin was the last thing I saw him and then I enjoyed. But I don't I think he's just been stuck in like franchise stuff. Or they have been stuck in like franchise stuff for so long. Um but I think they did I, I think they did a serviceable job. I don't think they're gonna come back because I don't think the studio wants to deal with the headache and I hope that they get the help that they need. And it looks like they're taking it seriously because they had not shown their face for about eleven months before the premiere. So I hope that the families that were affected with the actions that they cause are um are okay but, but uh i think it's i think it's a tricky subject with them and this performance like they they had a good performance there is a quality to to them in this film that, that is enjoyable i think that whether or not what they're doing outside of outside of the things that they have done um i think there's always going to be like a different veneer on it no matter what because of that but I think if you just saw the work that they just made, I think it was a serviceable job. And I think you were pulling for older Barry more than he, he was a hero you can cheer for in the film. So I think that's that's mission accomplished. But I could be wrong. So. Hey, about you? I mean, I, no, that, that's well put. I mean, I yeah. Barry himself, like his his um, younger Barry, I should say, Barry younger Barry Allen, and the way that they kind of have. As a Miller. long hair, yeah, the hippie. Yeah, well, I mean, just like the way that he was introduced into Batman versus or Justice League, um, and he's younger and he kind of is is very uh, high energy and kind of like uh, he's got like weird idiosyncrasies and what have you. Like that stuff gets gets kind of trying and annoying. So that's why I think like the second act works the best for me for the two berries, in large part because yes, the younger eighteen year old other parallel world Barry is annoying because he's kind of he's kind of. Uh, He's kind of an airhead at times, right? And older Barry has to be the brains of the operation, and you kind of see him working things out because he's a pretty smart guy. He knows chemicals and what have you. Um, but uh, I think that it's just difficult because of what everything, like what what uh, Luke and Alan have talked about, just outside of this movie, there's some pretty damning stuff that has been that he's been accused of, and it's just it's not great. So regardless of how fun it is or how good he might be, like there's just some stuff that just, you can't really get over. Um, and that, that's super, <laughs> that's not great because yes, he did the red carpet premiere for like 11 minutes and then 
he hasn't really done anything else. But um, like his form, his performance in the movie, there are some parts where you're just like, yeah, I, that this is actually some good stuff that's happening. Um, but yeah, he's kind of been stuck in serious purgatory, like what you mentioned as well. I think if Ezra Miller takes the consequences seriously and really works at rehabbing, they can and they could be, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. eventually because he was a mess at one point, too. And he took the consequences, took it seriously, turned his turned his life and career around, became, you know, this great superhero actor, <laughs> among other things. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I'm in the L.A. Film Critics Organization. There's a, a sizable contingent in the L.A. Film Critics Association that loves to get behind a performance like this like uh, james franco and spring breakers we gave best supporting actor to in a tie that year and uh, barb and star go to vista del mar you know we'll back stuff like this but miller's uh, extracurricular stuff has basically determined that nobody's going to do that with this performance which i think absent any baggage they might have because it's a really great dual performance you can think of i think so many movies where a character has played twins in an action movie and it's not been the most convincing thing in the world, let's say. And this is absolutely convincing. And, you know, Miller doesn't work for everybody. I get that Miller can be, you know, an, an annoying presence for some viewers. I generally like their on-screen presence and I think it works. Uh, but, you know, obviously I can't justify what they're accused of. So, uh, yeah, the they left us with this good one and I don't think they're going to be insurable for a while above and beyond anything else, whether anyone even wants to cast them or not. I do think the, the double aspect of this all, and I'm not going to say this is the most clever thing in, you know, that I've ever seen in a film, but I do think that the, having the older Alan being essentially, you know, being aware of how annoying he is and pointing that mm-hmm. out, how his, and pointing that out to, you know, basically to the audience that again, it's not like the most original thought, but I do think it's a clever way to present these two characters as far as here's a guy who is seeing himself in a new light and realizing how he must be perceived elsewhere. There's a kind of no there's a knowingness to that that I can appreciate, which extends, I think, to his before all this happened, just extends to Ezra Miller as a person outside of this, you know, just for as far as his previous experiences when it comes to you know, when he's in the perks of being a wallflower days and what have you, it's like the kind sure. of person that you you see, like, that's what Alan himself is commenting on in this movie. It's like, there's something there that I appreciated uh, as, as far as that's concerned. And I, I mean, I don't disagree with you guys. I, do, I think the performance is good. Uh, the fact there's two of them makes it I- impressive enough. Part of that's because of just the, I, I can't, I don't know what the work is to be done as far as how you may, you pull that off in the way that they do here because of how much interaction they have together. The, the, I get that there's you know you put one person in like a green skewed mask or whatever whatnot but there's like they're two mm-hmm. full performances like it it's, it really stands out like it's more than just you know the Winklevoss speaking of actors we can't talk about it it's more than just the Winklevoss <laughs> twins and just, you know wow, have, what are they in trouble for and have, <laughs> and having like one actor wear a sock over his face and they just transfer yeah. like it, there's just this is that's this is the whole movie essentially it's like wow oh, this that's a lot to do like I, yeah. I I can appreciate that yeah there were times where I was looking for the seams and it sometimes it's pretty seamless other times you're like yeah okay the stand-in is there and they kind of had like green screen his face on but at the same time um, he is giving two distinct performances because one of them is significantly younger than the other. And so like, it is a shame, but 
Um, because I don't even know yeah. how you like do like I you put a wig on them, I guess, and do it at the same scene, the same. I, it just seems very complicated to me. <laughs> I don't know. We need we need uh we need Mr. DNA to to help us out here. Bingo. Um, speaking of performances, let's talk about Michael Keaton. Um, yeah. it's very. <laughs> it seems like some of us are less enamored with how lively he seemed to be in this film. Uh, Abe, you want to expand more on your thoughts on Michael Keaton here? I had largely no problem with him. I thought he was one of the more interesting people in the movie. Uh, but it, I, it, I think that his blaseness probably comes from him being older Batman um, and just being like, well, you know, I, I'm retired now. And he succeeded. Me. Like Gotham's a utopia. Yeah. Apparently in this yeah. Version. And he's the, he's a cl- cl- apparently the only like uh superhero in, in that world too. So good job on, on Bruce Wayne himself, you know, doing it single-handedly. Uh, but I, it was it was fun to hear the Danny Elfman score as you heard it in the trailer, and then it was, it was also just I I guess it was fun to have him say some of those lines. But I think more than that, it was just kind of fun to see the the Burton Bruce Wayne Manor, uh, including like the statue room that you've seen with like Knox and Vicky Vale going in there, uh, and then also kind of just seeing uh his old costumes that was really fun and uh, the kitchen was cool. The kitchen is fine. Yeah, it's fun, and the also big, like, the big table. That's what got yeah. me. Yeah, can you pass the salt? <laughs> yeah. um, but it was uh, in large part. I, I, you know, he's older Batman, and if you've seen Flashpoint Paradox, like uh, I don't think that he helps him out in that movie. I think it's like just Flash himself. But there's a different Batman altogether. But with all the being said, um, I thought that Keaton was fine. I, I actually just liked when he was doing cool Batman shit, and that's not Michael Keaton in the scene. I was going to say, when point. it's not Michael Keaton? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not Michael Keaton, but it was just like, this is exactly like, you know, how like there's a moment in some meta movies where they cut to the guy just being like, this guy's awesome. Like, there's like some awesome stuff that happens, and he even like serves as the mentor, so to speak, especially toward the end there in the third act, but uh, on the whole, like, Keaton is, he's fine, Um I, I I necessarily didn't think that he had a ton to do, but when he's doing some stuff, it, it's cool. I, I I agree with you. I think that he's in the movie enough as far as yeah. for one thing, it's called the Flash. So it's not like I'm like, oh man, I need I need all the Keaton I could get. It's like I got it. I got the amount of him that I expected to get from him here. Sure. I would. I I I do think when he's saying certain, and it's not like a ton, but like when he's saying lines that are just like things that the internet knows, it's like. Okay, like yeah, the nuts, great. I got it. Like I mean, <laughs> I do like when he's just. What if Michael Keaton was just acting in a movie? I, I like those moments quite a bit because I do think he, you know he's Michael Keaton. He's a good actor. <laughs> like he knows how to do this. So I, I appreciated what they gave him to work with here, as far as like being yes, this mentor figure to Barry in the brief amount of time he has, and the, and the you know finding ways to motivate this character to be involved in some way. I thought mm-hmm. was effective enough. But uh, where are you? Yeah, I mean. I, where are you? I, I I like seeing him be Bruce Wayne in this. I feel like in the Burton movies, he didn't get a lot of great scenes as Bruce Wayne because sure. Tim Burton is more interested in the villains. And to the point, to the extent that he did get scenes as Bruce Wayne, the whole take on Bruce Wayne in the Burton Schumacher movies is that he wants to get out of this line of work and have a family. Basically, that's sort of the through line. He wants to be normal. And uh, this was a Bruce, him doing a Bruce Wayne, like the comics Bruce Wayne, where he's alone and he's the smartest guy in the room. And I really thought they gave him a lot to do, and I loved seeing it. I think it felt like good closure for the character, if it's the last we see of him, which it probably won't be, but 
Who knows? Alan, you, you hated Michael Keaton, right? You're just like, bring it, bring me back to the multiplicity days, please. This is nothing. <laughs> I actually really like Michael Keaton. Um, I mean, I, I liked it. I don't know what I really expected, though. You know, sure. like, did I want him to still be around and still be Batman? I, I don't I don't think so. I, I really. I, 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 I like that I saw them in the Cape and Cow again. I like that Michael Keaton personally got a, probably a big check for this. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that every like a lot of the stuff he said, like why would he say you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like he doesn't need to say that. Well, it's a Prince quote from Let's Go Crazy. Yeah, but <laughs> there's some stuff like ah, okay. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get. You I'm know, I ne- I'm sorry. I never really thought of it that way. As far as like Mike, like Bruce Wayne just listens to Prince, and that's why he was quoting yeah, that that's at, the, yeah. at, at the Joker. I mean, Prince is the soundtrack of the first. No, movie I, I, I get that. Right, right. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't think about it in the world of Gotham, even though Prince exists in Gotham. I didn't think about the yeah. idea that he's just. Well, like quoting, the thing. He's quoting a song he heard on the radio that morning. Like I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah. Like here's the thing: it uh, doesn't matter what generation, doesn't matter what universe, doesn't matter what timeline. Prince is always Prince. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great point. This is he's, a great he's, point. Yeah. He's, um, so he's one of the uh, what's Jeffrey Wright in the Marvel in the What If thing. Uh, he's a watcher. He's a yeah. watcher. Yes, but Prince is a watcher. That's that's what's going on. Here. Um, so I I mean I enjoyed it. It was cool, but you know, I feel like it was either too much or too little with him. Like okay, it's quite like maybe you want a little bit more. I think it. I think it just raised more questions. Like okay, so but why did he? Why is he so much older than Ben Affleck? I think Ben Affleck did a good job. I don't think he phoned it in. Um, I think I think Keaton. He looked noticeably I, I slender think, compared to earlier Batman. Obviously, because it's just he's not playing this role. He's not doing mm-hmm. CrossFit in the Batcave all the time anymore. But uh, <laughs> he doesn't appear to be very skinny. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, he looks normal. Um, right. I, I think I don't know. I I enjoy I, I I enjoyed seeing Michael Keaton again. I think that's a big thing. But also, I don't think the appeal is really there for a lot of people that want to go see Michael Keaton as Batman. I think a lot of people were more bummed that they didn't see Christian Bale if they were doing sure. that. I don't know. Like, I, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I mean, I liked seeing him. I enjoyed it. I liked seeing the the Batmobile again. That was cool. Mm-hmm. It has no but, purpose you know, in the movie, but yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Half of this movie is... That he doesn't sleep in it. I mean, that, that's its purpose. That's it's, right, yeah. yeah. It's a sleeping like, I think the biggest. Right. I think my biggest question with the movie like, so who killed Flash's mom? <laughs> yeah, the movie really doesn't want to answer that question, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the like, piece of me is like, oh, it's going to be one of the berries. It's like they're going to do it on accident because they're I, fucking... With- we can talk more about this in spoilers. And I had some thoughts as where so that was going yeah. and, and it didn't sure. quite get there. But we, well, we can talk about more. I, I want to bring us to the other, you know, the, the other part of this, the other person featured on most of the posters, which is Sasha Kali as, um, as Supergirl, mm-hmm. um, a character we have not seen in cinematic form since the 80s um, in a movie that everyone loved very much. Uh, but uh, we have, you know, this new version now, um, and I'll go first of this is as far as, I, you know, hearing stuff out of CinemaCon or what have you when this movie first entered, you know, there's a lot of talk is like, oh, yeah, this is this is a, a great character and a, a real breakout performance. And I have to say, I, I, I she, she's not in it very much, guys. Like, I don't I don't know what impression was given here. I don't know if you guys think very strongly of what she's doing, but I, I don't think she's necessarily bad, but it's like. There's not a lot to work with beyond like making some faces and saying a few lines here and there. I, I I'm curious where, where are you guys with what Kali's bringing to Luke? Where where do you think of Supergirl? I I think there is a huge contingent of writers who will try to justify 
someone they think is attractive by complimenting them in other ways and not coming out and say it. And she she looked great. Um, and she does great for what she has to do, but that's not a lot. Uh, I'd like to see more with this character. Like I say, she she looks good in the role. I think a lot of people are justifying that that's what they like by saying other things, but uh, no problem, no issues with her whatsoever. But like you say, there's not much. Yeah. You know, you talked about uh, kind of like uh, emptiness, uh, an empty nature to the story. And I like this character a lot just from the standpoint of, oh, cool, it's the cousin of uh, Kal-El. And also she's been tested on for who knows how long since uh -huh. I guess she crash landed on Earth. And she's been kept in like this spherical chamber in like the deserts of Russia. Or I mean, like in, in like the, the frozen tundra, tundra yeah. of Russia, right? That stuff is fascinating to me. And also, I liked actually when the character gets some speaking roles and she asks questions about what happened to Kal-El and then she goes fucking ape shit. That stuff is actually pretty neat to me and how she she's fighting from the standpoint of, of a, a rage standpoint, right? And that's that's really fun and cool. But I agree with you guys that there's not a whole lot. It's just more that, oh, I, I would love to see like that backstory in itself is actually pretty interesting. And I'd like to it's cool to explore that. I don't know about for a full movie, but it was just the the little dip that I did get was really, really fun. And also, I like that she at one point was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like humans, you guys aren't worth saving. And she just like leaves like this is actually what what a what a turn of events. Like this is all the stuff that that Clark Kent uh, as Kal-El uh, didn't want to do. Like he was just like, no, people are worth saving and yeah, humans she, are, she, are. She never she never dad throw himself into a tornado to really. This hit is true. The, yeah, she didn't have Kevin Costner being like, yeah, that, don't that's... do it, even though you can move at lightning <laughs> speed. Uh, but yeah, I, I found her character to be interesting. Uh, one of the more interesting characters in this movie even if she didn't have a ton to do, mostly just because of, oh, it's neat to to explore this, like, I don't want to say darker, but, uh, like, a different backstory for a superhuman um, that wasn't in the loving arms of the Kents. I want to hear from you, Al, but I, I'll just add, like, I don't disagree with you as far as those are interesting aspects. Mm -hmm. I And I, I also agree, I don't necessarily need a full movie of that, but it's yeah. like, once again, these Kryptonians... There's just nothing. It seems to be nothing to them beyond there's a greater good, but we could use our murder rage to solve these problems. Like, I mean, isn't there anything else to explore when it comes to these characters? I don't, I don't understand. And yeah, if there was a movie that could flesh that out, cool. And if you're saying you like this version of the character, also cool. That said, this is like the one time we'll see this version of this character I know. based off how this yeah. movie works. So it's like, which is, really which is like enough, right? Which, so, well, it's enough, but also makes it very limiting. And it makes it sure. limiting for this movie as a whole, too, where. By introducing this character, okay, so we go to Russia, and that's like we don't explore much in this world. Like, yeah, I was saying, a lot as, of logistical as, questions. Too. As big as this movie is, we're only in like five spots. We're in like you know Central <laughs> City, Gotham for a bit, Russia for a bit, and then like a desert. Like there's not a lot right. of like places to go. <laughs> but uh, Alan, I, I learned sorry, from I mistakes wanna, in the past. Overrun you, but did you have any significant thoughts on on uh, Supergirl here? Who? <laughs> That's Alan's uh, answer. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I hope they did her dirty. Like, what? Like, why make it a big deal that they're casting Supergirl and then they're gonna? I don't know. She, she, it's fine. I think you were right about justifying like, wow, she's hot. So let's just say that she has a really good role. <laughs> but you know, she's she she did a good job while she was right in on screen. But you know, I didn't really. 
have an emotional connection with her other than oh that's Superman's cousin that's cool yeah um yeah that was about uh, it's it's it, I, I don't need to handle that pretty well I don't need to handle that well at all but I think that's the biggest gripe I have with the movie is the Supergirl stuff because also like how did she get stabbed like I thought she's Kryptonian on Earth like he had that's... a strong needle <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a really strong needle yeah, but, in his in his arm that wasn't on, uh, seen by her, so you know it was a secret. <laughs> yeah, so like that's like a logistical thing. Like, how does she yeah, yeah. do that? Because then it wouldn't wouldn't it hurt him too? So I don't. I maybe I need to watch it again to kind of figure that out. No, like, you, why you're, you're really asking get... questions that I also. I mean, you you've asked a good question earlier as well. I mean, there's a, a lot of things that I have question marks about. Basically, <laughs> it's like, oh, I enjoyed that, but what is going on, guys? For sure. Well, if we want to talk about what's going on, let's talk about time travel a bit in this movie. Um, I thought you were talking about Marvin Gaye. Uh, what's going on? Well, that's only when the world's going wrong. And right now, things are right, guys. So um, I, I want to talk about time travel. And I, I'm curious as to how well you think it handles using this as a device for the film and its plot. Uh, let, me, let me start with you. Where, like, Do you have well, to pick on the time travel here? Well, first of all, I want to say I did like using the multiverse of it all to bring back the Soviet Union as the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s like, were the best, baby! <laughs> like, why not? Let's just bring back some easy bad guys rather than having to deal with the real worldliness of framing any other country right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the things with time travel is it doesn't exist, so you can kind of make up your own rules and say these are the rules. And it's kind of nonsense the idea that if you change something it sends ripple waves both into the past and in the future um but you know sure if you want to make those the rules you might as well throw in a bowl of spaghetti and say this explains it all um it because I like it, it, really it did the opposite of Looper, where it's like he actually did bring out straws and start drawing. <laughs> <laughs> like it really doesn't matter because it's just a story device. So the hand waviness of it all doesn't bother me as long as they, you know they're saying these are the rules and you know accept our explanation. Okay, fine. You set those as the rules. I'll accept them for the rest of the story. That's mm-hmm. sort of where I'm at. If it's a story that sets up that you're going to have to nitpick through the different rules to make the time travel work and to make other plot points work later, then yes, explain them all. But it gave us enough to just do what the story needed to do. Because otherwise you have the bootstraps paradox of the Dark Flash knocking Barry out of the time stream before the Dark Flash exists. So, you know, it's good enough for me. Alan, any time tra- travel thoughts? Um... I, I I think what Luke was saying, like, listen, I don't care what rules you set up, just follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fine with it. I liked it. I kind of like the analogy. I was with it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's kind of different than what Endgame was doing. Um, so I kind of went with it. I, I I didn't really have a problem with it because it's not really a thing that's definitive. It's not like an actual rule in the world that we know. So I'm like, yeah, that's cool. If that's your rule. That's fine. Stupid, but whatever. Let's go. If this means I get yeah. to see whoever I, the, all the cool castings, and that means I get to go with it, that's fine. <laughs> Abe. If I get to see Michael Keaton on the screen again as Batman, then I'll go with this. Saying his lines exactly. 
uh i time travel is an element that we've been dealing with for the last like you know five six seven years of, of movies um especially like multiverses in here i'm glad at least they they took some time to explain it but i'm with alan like if you explain it and you actually took some a, a time a moment for batman to be the guy that is smart enough to to kind of talk about multiverses and what have you and cross points then stick to the rules stick to your rules and uh you know, could they have done with it or without it? Of course, uh, it actually probably would have been saving some time and also, but you know, I guess you don't get shaggy hair, Michael Keaton talking. Um, I think that this kind of just goes into a point that you brought up earlier where I don't have a problem with the time travel because it's a necessary component, but what happens in it is they don't really get a lot of time to explore the consequences uh -huh. or there's like a, there's like a lack of stakes, like what you said earlier to it so they actually things get resolved like very quickly in the third act and i'm just like i i wish that there was just more like you know there it, it, I, i'm not asking for like a flash part two and part three like back to the future part one part two part three kind of thing where like he all of a sudden comes back and it's like it's it's biff's uh biff's world but it it uh there is like this just uh, a quick gloss over of uh who the culprit is and how it gets fixed and at that point, you're just like, okay, well, I guess, you know, we needed just this background thing. But at some point, you could have just been like, oh, the Flash traveled so fast that he just went back into the, uh, a specific spot in time, did something, and then um, he has to deal with the consequences, and he's just dealing with Batman and, and Supergirl at this time. So, again, did you need it? Not necessarily, but also, if you have it, just stick to the rules. I, I think my issue with time, because I, th I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I don't care enough about this right. to be like the time travel. Should, like it, it's there's there's no like inability for him for Barry to do what he needs to do. There's nothing like it blocking the path. Here. I mean, beyond like he has to deal with like his loss of powers for part of the movie, but it's like it's the Flash. We know he's going to get his powers back at some point. It's more of like the DeLorean needs gas. It needs plutonium. It needs whatever. Yeah. yeah or I like any number of devices for time travel needs something to like operate at least when there's stakes that surround the use of time travel. And here it's like, well, all Barry needs to do is just run a little bit and it'll be fine. Like, I mean, there's no, there's nothing like hampering this in any way. That, that's what I think. His, his uh, borrow health meter really went away after the first act of this movie. That, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, his calorie intake thing, like that just <laughs> stopped being a thing. And that's, that's why the film kind of feels empty to me in that regard. It's like the urgency of this doesn't exist because it's like, if he messes up, he can just do it again. Like there's nothing mm -hmm. here. That's and even like the consequences we see on a certain side of that, they could be rectified in an instant based off. Well, the other Barry can also do this thing. Like it just, I I had issue with what the like. Does it establish a set of rules? Yes, but it's also like this is something that's messing with like the fabric of the universe. I feel yeah. like it should be treated a little a little bit more. A little more gravitas than well, if he just runs, you can do it. Like that's it's just that's just kind of get bugging me a bit. Like even at one point, he's he's a uh, young bear. He's just like, oh, we got to go fix this because they're in the third act of this movie. And older bear's like, you're not fast enough yet, and he just takes off. And he's like, okay, I guess you are fast enough now. Like what? I, um, um, but, I I'll, I'll add because yeah. I thought I I wanted to talk about time travel regardless, but like my dad's movie corner, he wasn't a big fan of this movie. Okay. Um. He he and he specifically is like I, I I didn't like time travel like I I didn't like how they used it here like that was that was one of his takeaways, um, and so like it just kind of stuck with me. It's like yeah I get it like it just doesn't have more. I I don't know what the solution is there beyond like 
I don't know what, but it is. Doing. Yeah, like I think like did you guys uh, this for the entire panel? Did you guys watch the animated Flashpoint Paradox? I did. No, like I, uh, I think like two years ago. Yeah, it, it's been a while. Uh, our favorite uh, quote, but um, <laughs> uh, and also I think like uh, Bruce Wayne just doesn't exist in that world because he's the one that gets killed. Okay, um, Thomas Wayne is Batman. Thomas Wayne becomes Batman, and then Martha Wayne becomes Joker, and those are like Which is oh so cool. Yeah, which is amazing to find out when when uh when Batman spoilers. captures the Flash. Yeah, spoiler alert. But I think that that's where like Aaron, you and my I may be talking about the same thing of just like, hey, you know, if you're gonna go back and change some stuff here, and it doesn't really change a whole bunch of stuff, it just like is a different Batman, and you're still in the same like universe. Um, the cartoon, the animated movie, uh, just goes full on like dark world. Well, yeah, and the, that actually the, makes the it... comic it's based on as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. The, the graphic novel I should say is based on is is just dark world, and it actually makes it much more um, stake heavy. Of like, hey, you can't live like this. Like, you you can't have this future. You can't have this this current present. Or yeah, I, I needed more people with like giant casino buildings and <laughs> central city being turned into like an urban ghetto. I really need that right. to really hammer home the point. And his principal becomes like just like this guy with a bandolier and a shotgun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say there's there's an episode of Doctor Who where I think it was Rose who tries to go back in time and saves her dad, and mm-hmm. they sort of explain why you can't do that through the course of the episode and the notion of fixed events in the timeline. Yeah. Both that and the idea that this universe is self-correcting by destroying itself by sending General Zod and Feora as its agents of destroying that timeline – I do think that came across pretty well. Like the, yeah. his mom's death is fi- is one of those fixed points. If you mess with it, the universe is going to self-correct in another way. And that, you know, the I think the third act bit with the dark flash does, you know, show that there are stakes to trying to go back again and fix the thing again. And that for some things you just can't, I do mm-hmm. think that came across to me. I, I don't disagree with that. I do. I think like there's something there. It's just like, there's, there's a cavalierness to how it's being used. I think they kept rubbing it the wrong way. Like I get that there's a point to it all. Like I, I see mm-hmm. that. And that, that's the other thing I just remembered. The it, it's the fact that like Back to the Future exists in this world and actually used pretty funny as far as yeah, the, the air source version. But yeah. um, you know, I hide the jokes. You're like saying right out loud. I'm trying to like make the spoilers out. Edit point. <laughs> if they're listening this far, they know the spoilers. I'm just Come saying. I'm not, it's not like I'm not putting the effort in to hold on. So <laughs> <laughs> but like, what gets me is that Back to the Future. It's like Barry is a person that, from what he's what they've committed to be communicated to me, he is a smart character that's self aware and gets certain things. So the fact that he would use time travel while being very aware that every instance of time travel use and all the pop culture he very much knows goes wrong, that bugs yeah. me. Like, it bugs me that, like, the character wouldn't be aware. It's like, oh, if I just do this, things will be fine. Like, you can't, no, you can't just rescue your mom and think, like, everything's going to be hunky-dory after that. Sure. Like, I just, but, regardless well, of Well, I think that's that's all he sees. All he sees is this is the way to rescue my mom. It. I don't think he gives yeah. a shit about the pop culture stuff that he has in the back and of his brain. Because, like, I think the character mom the Flash, I'm going to do it. I think the character that's shown to me, though, is smart enough to realize. I get that, yeah, emotion drives things. I'm not against the idea of sure. that. I, I'm get, I guess I get sure. that I'm arguing against a movie at that point. But it's still like, 
they've given me a lot to to uh, to realize who Barry Allen is, and it's hard for me to reconcile the idea that this character would be so driven by emotion that everything telling him time travel is bad, don't do it, including Bruce Wayne, his mentor, sure. <laughs> like, and he's still like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Like, I just, I don't know. Everyone I've met in real life who's kind of close to this Barry Allen thinks they're smarter than the movies, though. And they will tell you in detail why they think they're smarter than the movies, which I'm sort of glad that this movie skips part, skips past that point. But there could have easily been a 45 minute scene of Barry Allen arguing everything wrong with Back to the Future. You know, one of those, <laughs> cinema, one of those cinema sins videos blown out to real life, full length. Oh, no, we don't want that. <laughs> We don't um, want that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not go back and change the the, the past. I I think uh, the the point that you're making about um Barry's uh, short sightedness is uh, sort of what I also acknowledge with what um Luke was talking about. How there are fixed points, there are fixed things, and it's just that this movie just doesn't really hone in on those as much. Because um if if uh, if it was a case where yes, uh, in a in a passionate rage, Barry decides to go and change things because he just misses his mother so much and his life is just terrible because his father's in prison uh, for a murder that he did not commit. And he's just like, I'm going to go do this. But exactly what Luke was saying is like, there has to be some consequences. And if they had just been like, yes, the consequences are so dire that like Barry all of a sudden just decides like, I, I, we, I cannot live this way, which does happen in this movie. The consequences become such that he's just like, I have to go and fix things that I had done previously. Um, but, you know, that's just not this movie. I want to keep going, but I feel like we need to get to spoiler territory to discuss this movie further. So I will say, you know, if anyone's listening we to this, uh, take it, off your headphones. There's stuff we haven't got in. Enough. There's stuff we haven't got into <laughs> that's more specific. Well, I'll just say, yes, if you do plan to like listen, just know that we're going to get to more detailed things that take place in the flash. Spoiler warning. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. There you go. <laughs> I want to talk about the CG. Um, it's bad. Well, so you're saying it's bad. And I'm I'm just sitting like this is before the director came out and said, like, it's supposed to be that way. Whatever mm-hmm. that quote is supposed to mean. I will say watching this movie and taking in the CG that they're presenting to me, for one thing, the Barry stuff is fucking flawless in my eyes. I just like I think that stuff works. The two really berries. Well. Yeah, the two berries. Yeah. yeah. And, looks like, good. and even like the Batman stuff where it's obviously, you know, Michael Heaton's not jumping on a, a wire to go down <laughs> silos and fucking block bullets and things. Like I think that looks good. Oh no, that he didn't I, do that. But I, I if from what I have to assume, people want to complain about I guess the CG at the end, right? With all the various characters. I think is that is that we're no, I don't think that's, that's yeah, the all end, the like, all the speed I, force stuff where he's like all the all faces the they put on. Like yeah. I, and the babies too. Things like the things he sees in the The babies look bad. I I guess the I don't know like the babies just didn't throw me because I'm just like yeah babies in a slow mo action sequence it's gonna look weird. I I think <laughs> what I'm getting to is like this whole third act thing with all these different characters, based on what the speed for which is established early as far as how the speed force looks, it feels like it's pretty deliberately tried to be like high highly stylized as far as it's just warped and weird because it's the speed force and not like a reality these characters exist in. So like I just seeing various people pop up. I wasn't sitting there looking like, oh, they look weird. I was just thinking, you know, the Speed Force makes things look weird. Like, I, I don't feel like the movie forgot to do better at making, like, uh, Henry Cavill and Chris Reeves, like, look better than they do in this. It just seems like it fit the style of what the Speed Force is supposed to show me. But maybe I'm wrong. Like, Alan, do you, does that make any sense to you or what? It does. I still think it looks bad. 
uh, I just, you know, it just doesn't look, I understand the artistic choice. I just don't think it's a choice that looks good. Mm-hmm. And then like the stuff with like, if we're in like super spoilers now, right? Not yeah, like yeah, the yeah. casual spoilers. Yeah. So like the Nick Cage stuff looks awful. It's cool. But like, that's clearly like, oh, that's cool. You just put that in there for us to be like, oh, that's Nick Cage. <laughs> So we can look over to our girlfriends and be like, that's when Jim Burton was going to make Kevin Smith told a story once about this. Yeah, remember? Right. <laughs> you ever watch Wild Wild West? That's where that spider is. And that's, You're saying it this, this way, but, I expl- but my dad explicitly asked, what, when was Nick Cage Bat- or Superman? And I was right. like, well, and then I told him the whole story. It was very, exactly. it's very entertaining like, it's just, to tell that story. <laughs> it is, but, but but then why make that? that? But then what's the point of putting in the movie? Like, it'd be like if they had... A whole scene with Tom Cruise's Iron Man in some Marvel movie. Everybody I thought that was with it, but it happen. looked bad. It, it looked bad. Like it didn't look good. Um, and I think then they had like old Flash, the old like 1940s era Flash, yeah. JSA Flash. Mm-hmm. But then apparently, like that wasn't the actor that played him in the was show. A specific actor. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Like, just give the actor a check, and then, but also that kind of looked just bad too. Like the faces that they used just didn't look great in those sequences i was like the christopher reeve still looks weird the supergirl looked weird like it's cool that you acknowledge them like yeah that's cool but just leave them alone mm-hmm. if you can't repurpose the footage you can find from like the donner cut and stuff then don't do it hey, it sounds like you but, agree i i'm actually on your side i actually didn't mind oh, okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks abe jeez <laughs> i was like you should have spoken up earlier abe not let me get attacked uh, in large part, just because I I also was like, well, the, I guess it's just how it looks in the Speed Force. To be fair, it doesn't look amazing, but also, you know, not not that we do this all the time, but when you compare it to some of the stuff that we've seen from the MCU recently as of late, you're just like, you know, it was a choice. It, 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 to use Alan's words, like, this guy made a choice, and he's like, we're not going to spend all this time to to make everything look nice and neat and what have you. Like, but I I definitely agree I, I, I mean I'd argue that the, the in the Flash they're making a choice where Ant Man and other MCU movies are yeah. unfinished. Oh yeah, <laughs> There's a I, difference. I, I'm thinking about like the floating head of Heimdall's son talking to Thor, and uh-huh. I'm like, this is not a good look. Um, and then they fix it in post, and like it li- somehow it looks even worse. Um, but I uh, I I'm I'm definitely on the same page of Alan of like, hey man. Like, if you're not really going to do it, like, I, I didn't like reanimated Christopher Reeves because uh, I have so, so much respect for that that actor. Like, Juilliard Train, amazing as Clark Kent, amazing as Superman, and, like, what uh, happened in his life is very tragic. But it's like, you know, short of just, like, showing up here, like, what was the purpose of, of that, you know? Or even, like, uh, George George Reeve uh, from the 50s, right? Yeah, he should not. Uh, he was not. He wouldn't have been down for that. So that was kind of a weird choice. <laughs> he definitely wouldn't have let been me, down. Let He's me ask like... you guys a question: If yeah. if they're referencing these characters, like some other context, they're referencing these characters, and instead of showing you a three D rendered version of them, they just showed a picture of them on the wall. What's the difference? I, I don't know if it's a picture. I actually would have just been like, "Oh, it's a clip from." No, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm saying just if the circumstances was yeah. we're somehow talking about multiverses or whatever, and instead of showing you a 3D rendered version of these characters using their likenesses, they just showed you like a picture of them. Is there a difference between that? Uh, yes. Not, not morally, but aesthetically, yes. Yeah, and again, it's not that I'm like morally against Chris Reeves showing up here. It's more just like. 
you know, like just show me a clip from Superman the movie. <laughs> That's all I needed to see, you know? Like I don't need to see him like looking into like the great beyond and just be like, what's happening here, Supergirl? Uh, and you also miss like Brandon Routh, but at the same time, like I guess you know you can't win them There's all. There's only so much stuff you can put in. I mean, they, he, he, right. he said he cut what like Linda Carter and a couple know, a few yeah. others among others. It's like I, you yeah. know, it's, for a sequence yeah. like this, no, it's already I, I chock full of stuff. It's like, what else? What are we right, gonna do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I understand. But you know, to get back to your original question of just what did this CG look like? Hey, man, he's like in a he's in like a super fast speed force, and there are other parts of the movie that look better, like including when he's just like statically in speed force flash mode and everything around him is like, you know, bursting with the, uh, with um, sparks and what have you. And then yeah. he's just, you know, that stuff looks fine. You know, again, it was just an aesthetic choice. And if he came out this weekend or opening weekend and, and Andy Musetti had to say like, Hey, this is what I intended to do. Um, then I, it kind of sucks that he had to come out and say it, but you know, at the same time, like, I guess people are just like, why does this look, not as good as I, I personally thought it could look. And, you know, at the same time, you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> um, like, I hear you. Like, if you don't like it, Alan, if you don't like it, like, I get that for sure. Yeah. It's just like, I, I'm sitting there thinking, watching, the, you know, coming out of this movie thinking, I get it. Like, I get why it looked, I mean, sure, is there a better version of that? There always is. That's how technology works. But, like, even, I'm just saying, like, even before the director came out and specifically said it should look a certain way, I was already on that page. So it just wasn't confusing to me as to why. The, like, it's one thing to say the CG's awful. We've seen awful CG, but it's like here, there's certainly pushing a certain limit. I get that. But it also sure. does, it doesn't feel like it's out of its depths in terms of what, it, what it's attempting to do. Yeah. And, and I think you guys brought it up earlier, but the baby part thing threw me off more because that's actually real world Barry Allen kind of just doing things. I was like, well, you know, that definitely looks like a fake baby. But, you know, it's also just... You're not gonna put a baby in peril, so why not? There's enough of them. <laughs> it's not yeah, like they're James animals. Can. It's not like Pete is gonna get mad. They're people. Who cares? <laughs> At the same time, it is it is all the speed force, and I think to the original question, the first time he goes into the speed, the dome, the arena, whatever uh -huh. it is. The first few people you see do look photoreal, and then at a certain point, they start looking less and less so. And I think that's why some people have complained about it because it starts okay. photoreal and then it goes away from it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, as far as the director saying he always intended that, well, George Lucas claims he always intended for Han Solo to fire first and his screenplay <laughs> makes it clear that he didn't. So I do, I believe if Andy Massetti had another $50 million, he would have made it better. Yes, sure. I absolutely yeah. do. I think he would have I mean, made any it director given this kind of movie, photoreal if he could have <laughs> they get yeah. $50 million to do more. Like, yeah, they're going to take it. I think you're also <laughs> missing the point here, Aaron, you know, George Lucas, liar, uh, Luke Thompson. So <laughs> as far, as far as, you know, getting Nick Cage, they actually did get Nick Cage in a motion capture suit and you right. know, gave, gave him a digital facelift. As far as that goes, I will say, it looked better to me than a certain one that's coming out the following week. Hmm. Okay. I, I was a, it probably looks better than what the nineties Tim Burton version would have looked like. So I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, I was hoping for the neon suit as well, but we can't, you can't get, get it all. I, I hear you. Yeah. And, and he also had a green in that and world. He, and so, he had know. a cape also. He wasn't supposed to have a cape, right? That was the other thing. That was the thing at one point. I think they fought back against, I that. guess it's the costume test shown clearly having a cape. So, yeah. Um, I, as far as if we're talking about like morals or what, like the, the thing that was getting me towards the end of this movie, you know, that stuff, whatever, like, but the, it was when they like killed off Batman and Batgirl, or Batgirl, Supergirl, uh -huh. um, 
I mean, it's one thing that we can talk about this too, but like as far as trying to give gravitas to Michael Keaton's death, that's a different topic. But like the fact that I realized, oh, so we're going to start repeating this, that became morbid to me as far as the movies. It's and that I guess that's fundamentally why like I I find it a little empty because it's like on the one hand you have Jack White blaring on the soundtrack and having fun doing Flash stuff, but also we're going to relive like murdering these two giant superheroes over and over again for the next 10 minutes. And it's like, I don't know about this. Like it just, I get the ramifications of time travel or what have you, but that like, it felt like it was struggling to like maintain a certain kind of tone there for me. Well, Machete does have a sick sense of humor as we've sort of gone into it with the babies. So I think he probably finds it quite funny. Yeah. I, I was actually kind of surprised by how quickly that they were killed in the third act. Um, and then it was like, oh, well, they've got a flashback and so they can save Batman. And then, um, but that's where I dug and they didn't go deep into this, but I dug what Luke brought up earlier of just, you know, this is the thing that happens in this particular timeline is that these people will always die on this battlefield, no matter what you do, like you brought them here, they will die and you can't stop it. So, uh, the, it's just that they didn't really hit me over that. I mean, not that they hit me over that, but they just didn't really go deep into like, this is what you get. This is what happens, Barry, when you fuck with the, the timeline. Here's my next question. Do you believe that that younger Barry would be obsessed with trying to fix that timeline? Did the movie convince he, you that he would be going over and over again trying to fix it? Yes, because I don't think he was mature enough to handle grief. And what an 18-year-old does is like, I can save this person because I... I don't know if they were aware enough to see what happened to other Barry when losing of the mom, but I think that they did not want to have to deal with that kind of um, heaviness at that point in their life. So I think they were willing to do whatever it took to exactly. not feel the guilt of having people die on their watch or their reason. And then I, I, I believe that. That's everything I was going to say. So yeah. Okay. Exactly. Sorry. That's a good, that's a good answer. If you're fine. No, don't, don't apologize. Yeah. I'm glad you said it. I just, <laughs> Yeah, I can yeah. I can buy into that. Fair enough. Yeah. How about just the question? Yeah. How about to, so to get it back to the other thing I was bringing up the other prospect of seeing Michael Keaton as Batman dying? Like, did that hit you in any way? Because we see it like twice, basically. He's like he blows up one, and then he gets like he's I guess his back broken by the big fucking Kryptonian. Yeah, he blows up in like the. Uh, I mean, he dies plenty of other times also, but those right, are like right. the two like big significant times when it's like yeah, he just killed Michael Keaton. Something that. Yeah, this goes back to something that Lucas talking about, just like, you know, the the seriousness of the situation. And I, I sort of spoke about this just very briefly. I just like I I dug that Michael Keaton at the end of it was just or Bruce Wayne at the end of it was like, it's it's cool, man. Like I've had a good run. Like this is just where my storyline ends. Uh live long and prosper type thing. Um and it, it wasn't like I don't know if it was like a, an official DC like, hey, Michael Keaton, do your best acting because we're never gonna see eighty nine Batman again, uh, ever on screen. So here's your here's your farewell. Uh, but I, I did like that there was a a sense of peace that Bruce Wayne had with it, even though he was like in the middle of a fight with with Zod and all those guys. I like I think when Bruce Wayne's always just... have endings. I like when here, you know, the legend of Robin Hood of Beowulf. Always a part of it is the heroic death, and I think. We don't get enough of that because franchises disallow it. And sure. Marvel has sort of allowed it in part because there are so many heroes that, and so many replacement heroes that you can have some of them in their journey. 
And Michael Keaton just one up Christian Bale because Christian Bale did a Batman with an ending where he faked his death and retired. The whole and late. now Michael and now Michael Keaton's like, screw you, I'm gonna one up that. I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna get my back broke and die. Um <laughs> I, I think it's fine. I, I think there was kind of a meta comment of when Barry said he can bring him back and Michael Keaton Batman said you already did. It's okay, you already yeah. did. So like that's kind of his finality. Like listen listen guys, you brought me back. We're good. Can you leave me alone now? <laughs> uh, so I, I it was I, I mean I didn't get like a gun punch or anything. I was like, oh I wish right. he I mean, you know, I think him running into the airplane and die, or running into the ship and dying was like when Chewbacca blew up and Rise of Skywalker. Uh-huh. <laughs> he brought him back. I was like, oh, 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 okay. Well, yeah. And when he left, you're like, okay, well, I guess he's gone now. Right. I mean, would I have liked to see Bruce Wayne just grow old and die and Wayne Manor? Of course. But who doesn't want to see that? Exactly. Yeah. Thomas Wayne shows up. He's like, it's time to go now, Bruce. You're like, oh, this is the saddest day of my life. Like, yeah, it would have been cool if Batman went with, like, if Bruce went with him and then met up with, like, Thomas or something. And that would have been a moment. That would have been but crazy. That would have been nuts, dude. It would have yeah. been great. But, you know, let's go make a movie. Let's do um, it. <laughs> South yeah. Carolina has, uh, has free taxes, right? But you can do whatever North you want. Carolina, dude. No, North Carolina. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> hey, I'm like five, ten minutes away from the border, dude. Don't yeah. worry about it. Aaron, did you have thoughts on this? I, I'm glad that Michael Keaton is as good as he is. Right. <laughs> that's that's where I basically at with this because it's just like the Chewbacca example is a good one because it's just like I know it, it's more of like I know how movies work. So it's like if you're throwing this at me, it needs to mean something and it just doesn't. So I'm like, okay, like especially with, again with the kind of the fast and looseness of the time travel and all of it, it just it's a lot of stuff that's stacked together where I'm just like, there's no, I'm not gaining much satisfaction beyond the fact that I get to see a very good actor in a role that I really like him in playing a character mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing a certain thing, but it doesn't mean anything ultimately. It means you get lots of new toys, which uh, is oh good my for me. Gosh. Well, that's good for I'm you. I'm also a toy reviewer. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, okay. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, Keener Toys is going to make more Batmans? No, McFarlane Toys. McFarlane Toys. McFarlane, yeah. wow. The, fan, the fancy ones. Yeah. None of those long drugs eater ones that I bought. Speaking of Batman, um, yes. we of course get the you know the fun ending uh, as far as George Clooney pops up, uh, which I did like that just bit that made me chuckle mainly because I was like that's not going to happen and it actually did. <laughs> um, I, I it it does feel like a what's the ultimate way to like I don't know slam the super obsessive Snyder fans. It's like what if we erased Batman Ben Affleck from the entire <laughs> continuity of this universe, and that's and that's where this universe ends. <laughs> like sure. Ben yeah. Affleck just doesn't exist as Batman anymore. Yeah, There's, that that's the morbid joke that I could get behind right there. <laughs> just like that, yeah, that's to like the the, that's like the fu humor that I really enjoy in a lot of like uh, I, I I guess you could say like sarcastic movie scripts. But in large part, I was also thinking to myself, you know. Flash, you just couldn't fucking help yourself, could you? Uh, like you just had to put the cans up on the top row, and then the the film becomes your dad gets shown, and this which is will... why that third act was weightless to me because I'm like, of course he just did the thing to make his dad right. look up. Like there's no like I the the second they introduced that in the first act when it's like, dad, you don't look up though. I'm like, well, that's where this movie's ending. Yeah. Like it's just no, there's no surprise here for me. Sure. It was fun to see Clooney dog. Clooney looking show good. Up. Yeah, looking great in a suit. You know, looking like he just robbed Terry Bennett again. 
<laughs> he swung by Central City. Guess what, Al? Guess what, Barry? Yeah. He's, he's Barry pulling Barry in for Ocean's third, 14. Yeah. Al, Al, did you have any thoughts on the Klunmeister coming in here? Yeah, like, why? Yeah, that's well, the so like, what, like my, my thing is like, oh, that's so cool, like in the theater. And I was like, oh, man, that's so funny. That made me laugh. Yeah. Then I got out. I'm like, wait, so it's fucking including Batman now? In that hey, universe? hey. Butterfly effect, man. It all happens. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm like, of... so like, wait, are we going to see Clooney in the fucking Batman suit? What the fuck? <laughs> That'd be weird with like, the nipples. That'd be, uh, I mean, who? I mean, the nipples I'd... aren't his fault. I wouldn't yeah. mind. I, I mean, I didn't hate him as Batman. I don't hate George Clooney. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. But like, I just, what? I think was my thing. Like, sure. what are they like? So is he just Batman now? Yes. Or... <laughs> no, he's not gonna be. Well, he's gonna he's gonna uh, flash back and put the cans back down on the bottom so his mom dies and uh, it, Ben Affleck is back. Um, a, a question that I had was, uh, I don't know if you guys read the the other endings to this, but the ending that they had planned for was that the Justice League kind of just shows up, including Aquaman and um, Wonder oh. Woman. And they're just like, hey, you know, we're back, you know. And but I guess the DC heads, the heads of the studio were just like that that kind of just gives people the impression that we're gonna make more movies with these people in them, and that's not what we want. But I thought that that would have been a fine send-off of just like, hey, you did the thing, you brought everything back, and we're together as a whole again. Thank you, Zack Snyder, and thank you, DC Universe. Um, James Gunn, it's your show now. That's boring. I hate that. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that sucks. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, this is why I don't write movie endings. That's, I, I like. I hear what you're saying. It's the kind of thing where this is the Flash. This is supposed to be like the fun guy. Super, like, yes, you're. It's super I, weird fun. I'm not saying like all movies should only end in jokes or right anything, but at the same time, it's like, I. I, I, the the emotional core of this movie is Barry and his family, right? Like, I yeah, don't yeah. need this him lending himself into this greater discussion as far as the team he's a part of and all that is just like, yeah, whatever. I got it. Like, yeah, yeah. like we, that's that's what Snyderverse, that's what the Justice League is for. Like, that's what that I also, uh, I'm just like, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I'm also fine with George Clooney. Uh, can I ask you guys, can we get back to Alan's question? Yeah. What was, what was Alan's question? question? Yeah, what was it? Was were were we supposed to find out more about who killed his mom? Oh yeah, yeah. So okay, so the thing I thought <laughs> um, is when when Barry goes back again to um to see his mom for one last time, uh-huh. I was so worried because I'm like, this movie's already long. Like, what else are we gonna do here? Is like, is he gonna like, is some like weird circumstance gonna like force him to have to kill his mom? Is like that? Whoa! Really <laughs> like because like this has to happen, and like somehow I've stopped this from happening. And I was like, oh, is it going to go like that crazy? It's like, fortunately, it didn't because mm-hmm. I couldn't deal with that at all. Um, but I, I I was curious, like, yeah, like what? What? We're not going to stop and just see what the deal is here. That's like, 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 even the movie hey, itself is just like, my mom. even the deal. Yeah. Like his his solution is so like, just I'll just get the, the thing and then that the won't ever happen to begin with. Like, OK, but aren't you curious? <laughs> like what what was going on? I think it's entirely possible they were saving that for the sequel. That makes sense. Yeah, him and him and him and his dad would talk about it, and then he'd be like, "Oh, there was a guy who looked just like you in that costume, but he was yellow. (laughs) He was phasing a lot. That is what happens in the comics, right? Yeah, dad will be like, it's a reverse flash. Yeah, 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 that kills his mom. Or maybe it was his dad. (laughs) <laughs> he's killed it the whole Whoa. time. Ron Livingston <laughs> he actually did do it. 
He's like, hey, thanks for getting me out, kid. I totally did it. Yeah. His plan just backfired on him because he hired a stuntman to go to the store and and wear his, you know, dress up as him, but he didn't look up like he was supposed to. And so he fucked up. Yeah. He he was wiping his hands too much from the sweat and just the marker fell off of just like, look up. Um, But that actually, it, it, um, it would be fascinating just to if Flash had gone back to just stop that guy and there's just like a flash battle there because this goes into like the full on ending of just, well, I guess young, young Barry is just like, I don't want this to happen. So I'm going to sacrifice myself. Uh, therefore, future me cannot exist either, which goes into Luke's question earlier of like, how did this actually, even, how did, how did uh, Dark Flash even push him out of the timeline if he didn't exist yet kind of thing? It's like, this is where the time travel stuff is like. We can't, you know, like, we're going to cross our eyes with this. Right, one. yeah. So, But no, Alan, like, you're like, Luke, I completely get the idea of, yes, that's a, something a sequel could explore. But obviously this movie was made during a lot of different shifts and what have you. And so like looking at this movie on its own. It is weird to be like, there's a giant plot point involving somebody murdering the mother of Barry Allen, and it's never really addressed why that actually happened. Right. And the, and we'll never get that, apparently. Like, that's no, never going to be no. resolved. You gotta read the comic books. Yeah, they'll do a comic book of, like, Flash 2023. Yeah, just like Batman 89. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll just get more comics to resolve those. Resolve yeah. these, uh, <laughs> these lingering story threads of canceled movies. Yeah. What happened to Nax? He got up the next day, went back to work. Yeah, probably. He, he did. I mean, he's at the up. end. He's like, "What do we? Uh, uh, how do we? How do we signal him?" <laughs> yeah. What this? Pat <laughs> Hingle just like turns on the yeah. the thing in the middle of the day. Or no, is that night? No, was no, it? he just he he unveils it, but then they pan up, and yes, it's at night because that's the yeah. last shot of the movie. Because <laughs> the the bells were tolling, and it's a great shot. It's the last shot. Then they zoom in on Bruce, and he's like, "Oh, it works." Credits. <laughs> Okay, all right. It's really satisfying. I think we've talked a lot about the Flash. We're getting <laughs> anything else about the Flash? I'm going to bring up any other thoughts. Uh, no, no. Okay, no. well, uh, the Flash is currently playing in theaters and IMAX. When should people go and see this movie, Luke? When should people see this movie? Uh, I would say do it now. Uh, or you know, it's a twofold question because as a critic, I'm in a position where I don't have to worry that I'm paying for a ticket and my money's going to someone. I hate. So if you hate Ezra Miller, you know, wait. If you don't have an issue with that, just as a movie in a vacuum, if you think of it that way, see it now. Alan? Find yourself a nice matinee and, you know, go see it. It's it, it's fine. I would say in the theater because you know it's still kind of cool to see. I just like going to see anything in the theater, really. So I just think it's it'd be fun to see a big superhero movie in the theater. Plus, seeing some of the plus like the last few minutes of like him going through the speed force in different dimensions would be cool to see in a big screen. Or it might yeah, I'd go see it now. You know, if superhero movies are dying, you got to go and support them. <laughs> Abe, uh, I was listening to you guys. I would say that this is when it comes to Max. Check it out on Max. Is it going to Max? Yeah, it's a it's yeah, got to be. It's a Warner Brothers movie. There yes, yeah. <laughs> it's the only place that will go. That's not a no longer a guarantee though. This is true. At least for a certain amount of time. Um, I yeah, I um, I would say like a yeah a a matinee screening of this is fine. Like it it does the job as far as being entertaining for a flash movie. I think it has some hiccups here and there, but like I I enjoyed my time watching it. Um, I by the way, Abe, I I remember it was a whole to do last week for my Transformers screening. Yeah, you went to the wrong movie theater this this week. 
um i was at the the monday night fan screening that they had that was okay. you know in, in advance of its release um completely fine no problem don't know why it just started it became it came 7 30 and the movie played oh I, excellent it was the greatest thing there was no i'd have to deal with that fucking regal commercial with all the movie right, quotes right. i'd have any previews i'd have anything it it, it was seven and it was on the dot that's what got me too it was on the dot 7 30 hit lights wow. went down and it went to the imax countdown screen i'm like yes hey let me ask you guys you and luke because uh alan and i are not in this cool club but when you guys go to critic screenings do they have any previews no not usually no. yeah it's just every, a movie every now and every then once in a blue moon yeah. and sometimes okay. sometimes we have to go to these annoying radio station promo screenings and those are the freaking worst yeah you have a half hour dj screaming yeah djs are screaming okay yeah, and those are sometimes are sponsored by like you know the studio so they'll play trailers for the studio's movies that are coming out but for the most Understood. part for the most part no it's just straight yeah, to the movie it's just straight to the thing yeah, yeah. okay yeah just like watching the dolby headquarters just the movie turns on i'd like to watch more movies in the dolby headquarters it's nice yeah, it's great um okay so that was the flash we've talked about it <laughs> we've talked about we did it, a it. Lot. yeah let's uh let's move on now let's get to eight hey, what uh what time is it over here uh it's time for a little game here Little known fact, we actually didn't talk about Kirsty Clemens at all, but that's actually the the ringtone that that Barry gets when she calls. Okay, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, composed that specifically, <laughs> uh, but that of course is the impromptu for games. And I have a game for you guys this week. It is called "If I Could Turn Back Time." Whoa! This is a game based around needle drops and superhero movies. I am going to read to you the lyrics of various songs featured in superhero films, and you have to tell me what song I'm referring to and the film that it is from. Ooh, okay, boy, that's gonna be tough. I'm going to very much echo Abe's attempt at You're... at at at, at uh, talking the lyrics as opposed to singing the lyrics. I this is even harder now. Resist the urge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll... that way we've got to sing it on our own heads. We will see how far this takes us. But uh, I am excited to play this game. Sorry. So we have to name the movie or the song. The 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 both. the song. At, ideally, <laughs> the song will alert you to the movie. But yes, both is the idea. Okay. You know, I thought I was prepared this week because I went through IMDb and looked at every movie with the word Flash in the title. <laughs> and then you do this. Flash dance. <laughs> Luke, just to give you a behind the scenes hint to how we how I form games at least, I come up with the title first and then I work. Oh, you do? I, and I work from there. Oh, yes. I always, the title comes to me first and then I'm like, what game could I base around this? And obviously I'm thinking Flash, super time travel, right? And I thought of if I could turn back time and then I'm like, wait a minute, this is a way better idea. <laughs> so here we um, are. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, because it's much harder than doing taglines based on time travel movies. Let me tell you. <laughs> Here's the first one. Okay. We come from the land of the ice and snow, from the midnight sun, where the hot Luke. Alan. Hi, Luke. Uh, this is an immigrant song from Thor Ragnarok. That is correct. Luke, you're on the there board. There you go. Obviously, that's the easy part. <laughs> Here we go. Here's next. Okay. Come writers and critics who prophesize with your pen and keep your eyes wide. Luke. Luke. Uh, this is Watchmen, the times they are changing. That is correct, Bob. Luke on a hot streak. Killing okay. it. Okay, here we go. Here's the next one. You lying so low in the weeds, I bet you're going to ambush me. You'd have me down, 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 down on my knees. Now, wouldn't you? Ooh. Whoa. Uh, I know the song. I'm trying to think of the movie. I don't know the song. I don't know the song either. You'll know it's all you, Alan. 
Uh, shit. Um, I know. <sighs> you lying so low. Uh, I know the song is Barracuda. The song is Barracuda. That is correct. Uh, I just, I don't know what fucking movie that was. Was that in a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Incorrect. Hmm. Oh, damn. I, I have no guess. It's a DC film. Barracuda? Aquaman. Okay. That's what I would have guessed. You both guess Aquaman. You're both wrong. It is Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. At least I knew the song. I'm on the boat. You didn't know the song. I'm going to give you a half a point. Half a point? Point five. (laughs) I'll take it. Obviously, I could just change the rules so it would be one point for one, one point (laughs) the other, but that's too easy. (laughs) Here's the next one. I got my gun at the ready, going to fire at will because I blank and I'm ready to kill. I can't get enough, and I can't get my fill. Alan, Alan, Alan. It's shoot to thrill. ACDC, Iron Man. You're so close. <laughs> Iron Man two. Iron Man two. I'll give it to you because no. you jumped on it, but okay. um, it is Iron Man two. That's correct. Do they do they have that blank in the lyrics? Do you think they have the blank in the lyrics? No, <laughs> no, they do not. Okay, because I is shoot the blank. I shoot to thrill. It's the name of the song. Okay, yeah. If there's any it, blank, it. it's because it's the name of the song. Okay, okay I get it. Yeah, I was like, wow. Was I tried to keep that. Out. I tried to keep that out as much as I can. But yes, there are some blanks in here. Got it. Okay. Here's the next one. I'm finding it hard to do anything. You see, I feel sad when you're sad. I feel glad when you're glad. If you only knew what I'm going through, I just. Blank. I know the song. I know this sounds actually really familiar. <laughs> No idea. Oh, yeah, I don't know either. Alan, what's the song? Is it's it's can't smile without you, right? That is correct. Very Manilow's can't smile without you. Um, Hellboy two, Hellboy it two, is Hellboy two. Wow. You're correct. You okay, you're half a point ahead of Luke now. <laughs> <laughs> not on the board. <laughs> so here's the next one. Okay. I come up hard, baby, but now I'm fine. I'm checking trouble, sugar, moving down the line. I come up hard, baby, but that's okay. Cause blank, don't get in my way. Mm. I don't know. Abe. Abe. I don't know the same name of the song, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. It's incorrect. Mm, okay. Um. Alan. Alan. Is it Trouble Man? It is Trouble Man. Okay. From. Um, I'm thinking about that. I just know Marvin Gaye. You can't uh, see the the smile on my face. So we're like, wow, Alan. <laughs> Luke Bruce Steel. Any guesses? What movie? Trouble Man? Mm-hmm. Oh, Alan? Alan. Is it Captain America Winter Soldier? It is the Winter Soldier. Wow. What? It's a big plot, a big plot point in that movie. Yeah. Oh, Anthony Mackie's like, Trouble Man. Marvin Gaye. Got to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut the check. <laughs> Here's Woo. the next one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Here's the next one. Needless to say, I'm keeping her in check. She was all bad, bad, nevertheless. Calling it quits now, baby. Abe. Um, Abe. Sunflower, Uh Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That is correct. On the board, baby! On the board. Zero. All you needed was a song that went 17 times platinum. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's the next one. Okay. What's the matter with you feel right? Don't you feel right, baby? Oh, yeah. Get it from the main vine. All right. I said, uh, find it. Find it. Alan, Alan, Alan. Alan. It is Redbone. Come and get your love. Guardians of the Galaxy. That is correct. Wow. Okay. 
All right. Alan came to play. I I know my music before the <laughs> before nineteen ninety nine. I know a lot of music stuff. <laughs> Here, so it's good. Here's the next one. All hail the new king in town, Luke. Luke. <laughs> Luke? <laughs> Party man, Batman. It's party man. <laughs> I just want to read the lyrics though, because they're great. Young and old gather around. Black and white, red and green. Yes. <laughs> the funkiest man you've ever seen. Tell you what his name is. Are you also spraying green gas to party the public man. right now? Yes. Okay. Obviously. Put your mask on, Bob. All right. Here's the next one. <clears throat> here's a few more. Okay. Someone take these dreams away. That point to me another Luke. Day. Luke, um, it's Dead Souls from the Crow. From the Crow, you're wow. correct. I think right. you guys are either tied or Luke's up by by one. Alan's up by half a point. Oh my god! <laughs> half a point. Can <laughs> I get that... another half point if I tell you which song they were covering from what band? No, you don't get a point, but you can do it. feel free to tell me. Well, it's Nine Inch Nails doing Dead Souls, but they're covering a Joy Division song. That is, that is correct. Yeah. Wow. All right, here's the next one. Two okay. more. Okay. No is the saddest experience you'll ever know. Yes, it's Alan. the saddest. Alan? Wait. Oh, shit. Oof. Um, is that my... Oh, fuck, I failed. Failure, failure. <laughs> you read the lyrics again? No is the saddest experience you'll ever know. Yes, it's the saddest experience you'll ever know because one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. One is the lonely... I should probably put oh blanks in gosh. here, but that you'll ever know. Oh, like I knew the song. I yeah, just don't, it's I don't kind of, know what movie it goes the song's to. Kind of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was on the X Files soundtrack, but that's not a superhero movie. I mean, it Scully. It's a cover on that soundtrack too, right? Isn't it? Oh. Yeah, it's, it's filter. I think on that fil- one. It's filter. Yeah, I like that soundtrack oh, quite a bit. Alan? No, is it Spawn? It's not Spawn. I wonder where that would appear in Spawn. <laughs> I don't know. Is I know Filter was on the Spawn soundtrack. <laughs> After he gets burned. After he gets burned. <laughs> Yeah. He's, one, he's, he's by himself. Yeah. He's talking to the kid from Full House. He's like, "Oh, I'm so lonely." Okay. So that's Team America. <laughs> I don't know this one. It is a DC movie. What is the loneliest number? It is a comedy. Oh, okay. It's not. It's not Joker. <laughs> the Joker's hilarious, but but you know, but the genre of that movie, whatever. Joker stand up. B, B, B minus. <laughs> I mean, B- the Suicide Squad is the only DC movie that comes to mind as a comedy. You're not thinking big enough. Okay. Bigger than Suicide Squad? I'll put it this way. The Suicide Squad has a lot of villains in it. This movie also has a lot of villains in it. And it's DC. It's DC. Is it the first Suicide Squad? It's not. It's the Lego Batman movie. Oh. oh. Lobster Thermidor. Exactly. <laughs> All right, last one. This is for all the Marvels. <laughs> wow! If, if, Al, if, okay. Al, if Alan or Luke get it, Abe, we, I'm gonna we'll, I'm gonna abstain. You don't want to abstain, Abe, because <laughs> this is a good one. Okay. Somebody once asked, "Could you spare some change for gas? I need to get myself away from this place." I said, "Yep." What a concept! I could use a little fuel myself, and we could all use a little change. Oh my god! Um. I know the song. I said, "Yep, what a concept." It's Alan. It's All Star from Smash Mouth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm trying to think of the comic book movie. Oh man. Oh, I can tell you the comic book movie. Uh huh. For the other half point, Mystery Man. 
Mystery Men is the correct answer. Yeah. So does that mean they both get a half point? It it does, which makes Alan the winner, technically. Oh, <laughs> so... oh shit. Now Alan's got a full point. I see. <laughs> he does. Well, I was confused because I like I know it's in a, like 80 movies, but like I, I thought of Mystery because it's also like in it's, it's a... obviously in Shrek. Yeah, but it's a yes. it's a, it's a mystery men song. Like the music video for All Star is about mystery it's men. Also <laughs> mystery men. Yeah. Yeah. But is mystery men a, a is mystery men a comic movie or superhero movie? It's is both. it based on a comic both. book? Yeah. Is it? I didn't know that. Okay, I, I was also in Rat Race. You know, <laughs> everybody remembers Rat Race. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite comic. Book. Remember when John Levitz got in Hitler's car? <laughs> anyway, Abe, yes. good effort. You Thank you. I'm impressed by Luke and Alan. This is incredible, this is, guys. This is, I, was, I appreciate how good, how much go back and forth there was here. But Alan, yes, yeah. you ultimately were our winner. But hey, good effort from everybody. I appreciate that. Good effort. Thank you yeah, very much. Indeed. Good. Good. Thank you, Luke. Uh, worthy contender. For real. <laughs> Congratulations. I tried to throw you guys off of some of these other ones. So I was happy you guys got there on these. But, uh... Okay. Well, that was games. Let's move on now. Let's get some out now feedback. 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 This is where you go over the various so good. questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook sent a podcast. We're another number of questions of the listeners. They gave some answers. So let's do that. Alan, First, Luke, feel free to throw in any answers you might have as we go through these. Yeah, first question we have here is, who was your favorite movie character known for being fast? Todd Lee Manal has Dash from The Incredibles. Joe Jan has Gene Wilder as Jim or the Waco Kid in Blazing Saddles. Uh, Christopher Hill has Quicksilver from The Avengers, colon, Age of Ultron. Jason Ritter has Sonic the Hedgehog. Jeff Mendez has Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Brandon Peters has Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Somehow returned pretty fast, if you ask me. Good one. They're all wrong. Say, it's it's Ricky Bobby. It's uh, Casper Van Dien and Dina Meyer in Starship Troopers. Well, that there was you very go. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> um, what can I add to this? I don't know. I uh, think you've got Ryan Reynolds in his snail movie. No, I, I, I. I... <laughs> The question is who? What is your who's your favorite movie character? And that's a garbage film. So no, that's not my oh, that's not my answer. I can't even remember the name of the movie. Turbo is the yeah yeah that's yeah the movie's terrible. Um, Prefontaine. Prefontaine. Well, yeah, Steve Prefontaine, real guy. I guess we're having a proper Silver Surfer movie yet, so I can't say Silver mm-hmm. Surfer. He's pretty fast though. Yeah, he's swinging around in the in the universe. Yeah. So. Look, I mean, even whether you like or dislike the movie, Doug Jones and Lawrence Fishburne are kind of unimpeachable as performers for him. That that is true. I mean, the Silver Surfer, innocent. That is that is certainly part of that. <laughs> sure. All right. Next question we have here: What actor would you like to see come back for another turn as one of their iconic characters, and who? Scorny, uh Gary Wright, Gary, sorry, friend of the show, writes Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. Uh, Brian White, friend of the show, has Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, please. Uh, Mark Hoffmeyer, friend of the show, has Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. Oh, wow. Yeah. Short round. Everybody wants it, except seemingly Disney. Kiwi Kwan. That's short round. Academy Award or Warwitter, too. Yeah, put him back in. Yeah, it's obvious, they were, it's obvious they're building Phoebe Waller-Bridge up for the for a spinoff, but uh, either put him in it with her, make it you know, double value or give him his own as well. Mm-hmm. He's, Everybody... on, he's on American Born Chinese, a series on Disney Plus we can't stop talking about. <laughs> they didn't send me screeners to that. 
Well, who needs screeners? It just blew up on its own. We're, we're just all, the world is the world is is just going red for this. It can't stop. The world is going red for this. Okay, yeah. I think you mean turning red. I think that's no, that's joke. a different movie. I'm talking about the the hit TV series, <laughs> American Born Chinese, that had all these commercials. I kept seeing over and over again, and then it came out, and now they just completely stops. But because everyone's just too shocked, I don't get it was. Oh, uh, this is good. Settle down, Beavis. <laughs> Iconic character. Um, you know, Jacob Tremblay in a uh, room. I'd like to see him what? come back. He's <laughs> just older. He's like, you know, I thought you go with Wonder trauma. since they have like more stories to tell in the Wonderverse. Apparently, yeah. Now they're going like to, to you know, 19, 1945 Germany. Uh, I don't have an answer. Or like in more pages in the book of Henry. There's got to be more, right? I've never seen that movie. Jacob Tremblay just killing it. Literally. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, the next question here: Who are some great movie characters who have to balance a variety of life responsibilities, multiple jobs, being a superhero, etc., etc., etc.? No answers, but I think the the answer here is Spider Man and Spider Man Two, where he's got to deliver pizza. Go. Yes, that's what Mister Aziz. Mister Aziz says that to Spider Man. <laughs> I need this job, though. You're a nice guy, but you're not trustworthy. Right. Pizza time. Anybody else? Though? Obviously, Spider-Man came to mind, but anybody yeah. else as far as like, oh, there's too many things I got to do. Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. He's also keeping up with like the soap operas. Uh, my answer is Harrison Ford in Hollywood Homicide. He has to be a cop and a real estate agent, and it's really crossing over. It's great. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen that movie. That movie fucking rules. <laughs> is it? It's also, it's also uh, Michael Keaton and uh, other guys. He was working at Bed Bath & Beyond. Exactly. Yeah, right, yeah when he gets yeah. fired from Michael Keaton. Keaton. He's not fired. He just has a second job. Oh, he does? Yes. Yeah, he's he fired. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he said something along the like, you know, hard, you know, um, NYU is expensive or something. Yeah, it's like he has to get his kid through college. That's exactly the reason. Yeah, like it's God, in like the, it's in like the team meeting he's having at Bed Bath and Beyond is the why he's doing it. Is that why Bed Bath and Beyond just went bankrupt? Probably because yeah, they, they lost they, the rest. Or... quit. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was really efficient. Uh, next question: Name some great films focused on the elements. This is a reference to the film Elemental that came out this week as well. Uh, Brian White, friend of the show, writes Fantastic Four. Uh, Stefan writes The Perfect Storm. Well, at least it's focusing on one of them. <laughs> and Justin writes The Fifth Element. Ooh, it's the last Airbender. There you go. <laughs> yes, the question was name some great films focused on the elements. So thank you. For I that mean, the show is the show is excellent. <laughs> yes, the Netflix show is excellent by the looks of it. <laughs> I hope that it's Waterworld. Waterworld, Water World, yes. A lot of wind in that movie. Yeah. Got a sail. Got a sail. They're fire. trying to find Earth. Oh, a ship blows it up with fire. Yeah, it's a great movie. No, this is, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Totally makes wrong. sense. Yeah. Dennis Hopper turning in his best work. JK. He's, he's certainly in it. Um, <laughs> Super, Mario Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying about the elements, but it's Dennis Hopper's best work. Oh, okay. That oh, now, I see now your answer that. makes more sense. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Before you said it ridiculous. <laughs> Movies dealing with elements. Dune, you know, sand power. And uh, it's windy once again. Yeah, yeah. Caladan is wet. And so. he needs and yeah, exactly. they, they, they wear suits that like put their sweat back into themselves. Like, yeah, they're drinking their own their own uh sweat, yeah. And obviously like they burned the whole damn place down at the, at the you know in the middle yeah. there. 
And then he's also like, you know, we've already harvested uh, wind power and water power. Let's go harvest uh, sand power. And then, uh, you know, Professor Gerald Lambeau's like, not my dune. And Javier Bardem's like, I spit on you, and then we tall today. <laughs> and then that guy with a cool voice in, uh, you know, uh, Wrath of Man gets killed. So, um, all right. Wrath uh, of Man. Yeah, I forget what other movies that guy is in. Which guy? <laughs> um, Wrath of Man's lieutenant guy, but the guy that, that uh, Timothy Chalamet has to fight to, in order to... to oh, that's that guy. It. Okay. That's a call. Jeez. I know. <laughs> Well, anyway, the last question here, which we did not get any answers for, what are some notable films where opposites attract? And this is also in relation to Elemental. Um, Fools Rush In. Fools Rush In. Great. Uh, I not a great, but you know, it's kind of fun. That is a, fun, that's fun a fun solid. Rom-com. It's a solid movie. That is a yeah, solid TDS solid movie. Rom-com. Opposites attract. That is a TDS yeah. movie if I ever heard of one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, who the framed Roger Rabbit? The Black Hole. Yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. <laughs> the black, Why do you go hold with on, him? Hold on. The black hole. Yeah, <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. Makes the sense, black Aaron. Hole is, the black I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying so, that's a great answer. <laughs> so, you know, the laugh. black hole is nothingness, so everything is the yeah. opposite of it. And everything Why do you think is uh, to the Tars black hole? and Matthew McConaughey were just like, let's go? Because they're just like, oh, they're opposite of it. Um, <sighs> what, Alan, what'd you say? I forgot. You said who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I, yeah, you know, she he makes her he makes her laugh. Uh, also, uh, opposite tract. Um, ten things I hate about you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Kate Capshaw just hamming it up. <sighs> Black hole really got me, guys. <laughs> just hit me right in the gut. <laughs> Luke Thompson, scientist. <laughs> Oh, overboard! <laughs> like flimsy rom coms that just work. You're talking, about, you're talking about the remake. Yeah, the Eugenio Derbez version, obviously. Yeah, I got it. Oh, Aaron, I didn't know you're such a fan. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's stop talking, guy. Who's like, you know what? Everybody told me not to watch White Man Can't Jump, but why not? Let's see what happens. <laughs> I turned it off. It was bad. <laughs> it was so bad and boring. <laughs> All right, that's our feedback. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now There and Name. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for leagueofentertainment.com for movie reviews, Wise of Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. Um, I'm currently on the uh, the summer, a part of the summer of 93 at 30. Hey. Um, the special podcast series is part of the Brandon Peters show where Brandon Peters, Scott Mendelson, and myself are talking about the summer movie season during 1993. That's a lot of fun. Those, week, those episodes are dropping uh, weekly. Uh, and I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash spoilers. Hashtag, how much do you weigh? <laughs> uh, Luke Thompson, where, where can people find more of you? Uh, well, the easiest way is on Twitter at LYT Rules, L-Y-T-R-U-L-E-S. Also on Rotten Tomatoes, search under my name, and you will find links to all my work at Superhero Hype, coming soon.net, The AV Club, Films Gone Wild, Synagogues.com, and... I think that's it at the moment. Also, LYT rules on Instagram, but that's mostly pictures of toys. All right. Alan, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can plug my Twitter. It's Mr. Aldo Rain, M R A L D O R A Y N E. Um, and then my Instagram is just Aldo Rain. If you want to hang out, if you want to shoot, shoot, shoot the shit with me, or if you want to send me cool stuff on Twitter and Instagram that I think you, I would like, like cute pictures of dogs and funny jokes, I enjoy that. We got to get that. Joke. I don't have a blog or anything that right now. So I'm just, nice. you know, I'm busy working. What's that? That's so nice. I w- I'm going to send you a picture of a dog. 
I just like dog stuff. Any yeah. like pro dog related content, I am happy to see. If you send me cat stuff, it better be real fucking cute. But <laughs> I'm, on, I'm really prone to enjoying uh, dog stuff. So, you know, I'm like, I don't really have a blog or anything, but if you ever like, hey, I need to share this meme to somebody, I'm, I'm your guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like that. You can find all the other episodes of At Now Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us today at now, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook, Facebook.com slash Outnow Podcast, or check out our Twitter, Twitter.com slash Outnow underscore podcast. And our Instagram, Instagram.com slash Outnow underscore podcast as well. Uh, next week, well, in, in the next, uh, for the week, we got a few things coming along. We have an hey, elemental bonus. an elemental bonus episode coming your way as well, because we don't want to leave Pixar out. And of course, next week, we'll be talking Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's latest. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, with that being said, Luke, Alan, thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you, Luke. Thank, thank you, Alan. Absolutely, guys. Thank you for having me. For sure. Great Glad job you. on knowing these uh, talked sing lyrics. <laughs> hey, um, I was a virgin for a long time. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, once again, thank you, guys. A lot of fun as always. Thanks to the listeners for listening, and that's going to do it for now. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. It would have been a better trailer. Right. No one dies. This is an excellent trailer. We should just use this one, Eric. I'm trying to think about the quotes. I don't want to. The other quotes are things Batman said in other movies. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs>